I'm Clayton Henry, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. And I draw great stuff. I like that. It was very energetic. Yeah. You're a good player. That's right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did thanks. you see somebody did uh somebody twerked the gorilla's album art to uh the Stranger Thing Cats. No way. Yeah, there's dusted in the lower right. Will's all upside down looking at everybody else in the upper right corner. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. It is awesome. It's just like it's like uh, Somebody did a little, uh, uh, what's his name again? The guy with the hat. The kid with the hat. Dustin. 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 Somebody, I forget who it was. There's this little cute drawing of him. It was so adorable. It's like a little, like a bobbleheady kind of thing, you know? <laughs> I find it really interesting that you refer to him as the kid with the hat, not the kid without the teeth. Well, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> He's the only one wearing a hat. He is. It's yeah. Yeah, not just a, yeah, it's true. I didn't even think of that. See, you're more perceptive than I am. I was just going for the obvious with the teeth. He's got <laughs> no teeth at all. <laughs> so cute. And he's, I know, I he's he has, horrible. He has the best lines in the whole thing. He does, yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Look at Vince posting the political cartoon. And that's the only I know. one I did. <laughs> I always wonder if the political stuff bothers you, Vince. You're not because you don't. You don't could do, do that. Without it. Yeah, I could, could very much do without yeah. it. Yeah, because I'm of the opinion that, not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, uh-huh. but you wouldn't be you. It wouldn't be me. <laughs> um, I think things are predetermined. Yeah, well, there's not a whole hell of a lot you can do about it either way. Oh, sure, with sure. With the shit two-candidate uh, system we have, we're either going to get a pain in the ass or a dangerous pain in the ass. Yeah, right? I'll agree so with that. I, I, I don't find any point because even, even if every single Facebook post was politically um, inclined, it still would not amount to a hill of beans. There's nothing you can do. No, so, yeah, I, I think about that myself too. It's like you hit a point where it's like, why am I posting this? Does it even help the people who agree yeah. agree, and the people who don't don't? Right. I think it's therapeutic for people. Absolutely. Work, no, I. Work, it's obvious yep. with 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 ninety odd days left, no one's minds I think are going to change. No. It's just I. I do it. I don't do it to be annoying, although it can be. But I I do it to just kind of hammer the point home yeah right and i'm not pointing a finger at oh no I, it, 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 unless it was to say get in the bed but <laughs> um you, know, you post on your your timeline i mean that's you you know what i mean i'm no one's ever going to change you you have ideas and feelings and thoughts and emotions and you want to get them worked out that's awesome but when all of facebook does yes. that yeah oh yeah. my goodness it's just it's too much it's yeah. way too much it's depressing yeah it is yep we tolerate the ones we love and everybody else is a pain in the ass, right? <laughs> but we're not a pain in the ass because this, hopefully, is 11 o'clock comics episode 432. Damn. Look at that. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I am so glad to hear your voice tonight. And I am David A. Price. 
Ah, and we have a guest with us this week. Oh my goodness. Now I'm going to follow the hot dog guy on the corner of 65th. I'm going to, I'm going to follow <laughs> and say, we call him superhero, but he's much more than that. He, he is a hell of a prolific artist and writer, creator type. Uh, we've talked about Nutsack and 1976 New Rose before many yeah. other things. Um, if you follow him on Facebook, you will see art all the time. Oh, I wish you saw that- him for a year when you would listen to our show. Yes, you did because he was also responsible for the album art yeah. for our show. But I mean, that's the least of his accomplishments. Yeah. This dude is amazing. Oh, He's an inspiration to me. He's cute. Oh, please. He's one of us. His name is Daniel, but we call him Daniel White. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, short for Daniel. Yes. Daniel, hey, what's going it's, on, guys? It's awesome. Ah, oh, we, I was waiting for this all day. Uh, me too. This is fucking awesome. I'm it so is. stoked to be here with you guys. Yes. I had a, a little bit of a annoying time before this. My son's playing football now. Uh-huh. And the coaches think that the game is the entire world, which spreads well, through to the parents and the, the the parents' worlds. It's like two and a half hours for practice. Kill me. But it's it's ah. also one of those things where if they are, if if everybody's feeling it, if they are in in that group, you don't want to stop a good thing. So there are going to be days where like practice is just dragging, and and the kids want to get off the field, and the coaches are just like f this, and they're done. But if, yeah. if everything yeah. is just clicking and and firing on all cylinders, and everybody's feeling it, and and because it's. It's football, though. I could oh, see if they were oh, making art or something. Uh, they're they're playing. It's football, but um, maybe this is just because I'm not inclined. You know, I'm not. Well, it's like it's like Jason just slacked to us. He's like, you know, that's uh, that's that's real football. You want champions or chumps? <laughs> For his sake, I guess I want champions. But I mean, he doesn't complain. He has he has a gene that I don't have. Did, did you guys play sports at all? Either one of you? Yes. Uh, do you consider bowling a sport? No, but yeah. Hey, no, 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 don't say that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I do, bro, because I have a trophy from bowling. So, no, I absolutely agree that, that bowling is a sport. I mean, it's great that any, although Vince being the Jim Gaffigan fan that you are, you have heard his bit on bowling. Yes. So, I mean, and it's, it's pretty spot on, but, uh. Um, Dude, this show sucks. Oh, yeah, no, I can't watch the show. Yeah. They've done that with almost, except for Seinfeld, almost every comedian who they give a show to, the show is absolutely horrendous. That, that yeah. John Mulaney guy, his, his show like lasted barely a season, but his, his stand-up is hysterical. Yeah. And I don't like to say a piece of art sucks, but his show is intolerable. Yeah. It's, un- it's unwatchable. The only good thing is, uh, I think the lady who plays his wife. Yeah. She was, um, the girlfriend on, uh, oh, on how, how, I, how, how I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 good yeah. one that he got away. Yeah. Um, the chesty one. So the uh, she's so cute. She is. Um, but yes, so I I would consider you know Gaffigan's whole segment aside. I would consider bowling a sport. I played soccer, well, soccer, and then uh, not not football. I played soccer and and I played uh, baseball. Yeah, I played just because my dad wanted me to. That's it. Yeah. And then when when I got uh, of age, I'm just like, "Are you doing this for me?" Because I'm not having a good time. <laughs> I'm really not. Uh, but I know where you can have a good time because you will get many comics for not a whole lot of money. 
It's true. Do you know where this is? Yes. Ooh. Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. The new list is up, and you will be amazed at the savings. For example, get this. We've been talking up this young animal imprint that's coming out of DC. Yeah. Well, this month at Discount Comic Book Service, you can get a bundle of all of the young animal comics that is Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye number one, Shade the Changing Girl number one, and Doom Patrol number two for the paltry sum of $5.97. That's half off. Just like this that, that is crazy pricing. Why, why wouldn't you try these books at this price? There's no reason. You cannot give me a, a, a reasonable explanation why you would not try these books. Because I won't hear it. Um, from Dark Horse, it's the Conan Omnibus, Volume 1, Birth of a Legend. Now, this is the Kurt Busick, Carrie Nord Conan. It is a massive 472-page omnibus. Cover price, a respectable $24.99. That is not that bad. How many pages? 472. Wow. That's really good. Yes. That's very yeah. good, right? Oh, yeah. I, I got my box, um, when, uh, Tuesday and I'm going through it. The weird world trade, I think is like four issues. The cover price is $17.99. That's what? nuts. I can't, I didn't, but I got it for half price, so I can't complain, yeah. right? You'll be getting this at half price as well. $12.49 for 472 pages of Conan action. Beautifully drawn too, by the way. By, by Carrie Nord. Last, but certainly not least, from Image. I guess Mr. Capullo is going to try his hand at something he owns. Co-owns. Because he, well, yeah, cause he and Mark Miller are on something called Reborn, the first issue of which you can have for 50% off the cover price, $1.99. That's crazy. It says here, Mark Miller and Greg Capullo joined forces to create a, the smash hit. That's funny because it's not out yet. <laughs> yeah. Sci-fi fantasy story of not the year. Not that I would ever expect Mark Miller to be hyperbolic. Really? Reborn. Where do you go when you die? Not heaven or hell. Somewhere else. Somewhere you have to fight to survive. Somewhere the people from the past are waiting for you, the good and the bad. This sounds interesting. Yeah, I bet it'll look good. Oh yeah. Well, they're they're not um leaving any bases uncovered because the front cover has the backside of what I'm assuming is the um main character and she's in like a skin tight jumpsuit and you can see the crack of her ass and it's all below. A little bit of Frazetta influence going on there too with the the greenery. Yeah, well, you see it. Cool. Uh, Mark Miller, Greg Capullo, when I need And, uh, Jonathan Glapium is, uh, who inked him when New 52 started on Batman. And I like that pairing. I think I like it a little bit more than when Miki inks Capullo. But, um, you're, you're talking about it just to, to brief solicit there. For some reason, I just thought of Hellshock. Yeah. Yeah. And Frazetta. But. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it. I was DCVService.com. Go there. They will, you will be rewarded. Trust me. Just go there. You know what? I'm, I am somewhat, I'm not going to say proud, but I'm going to say, uh, somewhat stunned that you refrained from mentioning the book that is gracing the cover of previews this month. 
I did. That's fifty percent off as well. I have no idea. I don't even get. I don't get previews at all. I don't do that. David's talking about the Hawkman and Adam Strange ah. miniseries that's coming out. Yeah, it's um, Mark Andrico yep. is writing it, I think, and uh, Aaron, Aaron Lopresti. Yeah, he's on art. I ordered it, but oh, I, you know, I didn't it's beat it dead. You know, it's Hawkman, right? Oh, you're not going to anyway. Uh, so yeah. Come on, I buy anything. Although, Hawkman. um, and and speaking of image, because I just flipped over to the other side, uh, Azarello and Riso reunite to uh, bring us moonshine. Oh, there's another side of that preview. A horror twist <laughs> on a classic gangster tale. So that uh, that looks pretty interesting. But yeah, so. yeah, I really had to rein it in this previews because I haven't even put the order together yet. I, I mine's done, dude. Done. <laughs> Hey, place it today. I go through a previews with a red pen and I circle all the stuff that I want. And if I know that I'm nearing the budget, I'll put a little M next to it, which means maybe. <laughs> so if I have a little bit of wiggle room, I can, I can always cross out an M. And I'll tell you, after I got past DC, I had about 16 M's. Wow. Because I, I, I'm, well, this time last year, my total consumption of DC was probably maybe a Neil Adams thing. That's yeah, that's about it, yeah. and that that I didn't buy any DC. Yep. Now, I have about sixteen books that I'm getting every month from DC. They're kind of hot. It's they're they're yeah. putting out well, some fun good. stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 winning me over, so I'm buying them. But uh, I had to I had to say no to the Matt Wagner. Uh, Death of Margot Lane hardcover, which was attractively priced. They collected all of the Matt Wagner Spirit run, which I, I just couldn't fit it in. Well, I'm pretty sure the um, we'll be able to square those at a con. Yeah, I'm thinking. Um, I don't use a pen. I just um, dog ear the shit out of any page that has something I'm interested in. I don't hurt books. Do it to catalog. <laughs> we're we're nope. even past the point of Capital City, including Chase trading cards and oh, I still and, love and, that and, though. And Heroes World, including posters. It's just it's this is absolutely disp- this is as soon as the new one comes in, the old one gets tossed out with the other. One. So I I used to buy actually the Capital City and I, yeah. I would buy two, two catalogs because one had a they both had specials in there that you can only get with only their with catalogs. The catalog. I, because they were back, what, they a buck? Then, yeah. if that. Yeah. yeah. So, what are we drinking? What are we drinking? I would love to hear from our guest. Yes. Uh, I have a little knob. Uh, Creek. Nice. <laughs> a knob and a nutsack. I have a little knob and a little nutsack and some bourbon. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Vince? I'm killing yinglings. Nice. Yes. To go with that beautiful uh, Facebook post about Anakin killing the yes, younglings. Yes, yes, I saw that. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> but the younglings. <laughs> David. I I was, because of our guest, I still have a couple of bottles left of, of the beer we had that weekend. and Still. I, I, still, because I'm not big on beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Uh, so I figured it'd be a special occasion, and I figured I would do the chase with the whole whiskey again, 
but I did that the past two weeks. I did not want to do it. Plus, yet again, another plus. I am we're 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 going to a little um, get together with some friends, and I'm sure I will have a beer or two there. And I'm just trying to go easy this weekend. So I am drinking 19 Crimes red wine from Australia. Oh, very nice. Wow. That sounds expensive. It it is, and it's um, it's a uh, I've I've had I've had um uh, their wine before. This the, the the blend is real, real smooth. But um, they uh, yeah, every, every um, every wine bottle, every label has a uh, has a mug shot from one of the uh, British rogues who were convicted. To and and transported to uh, to Australia, um, because apparently guilty of at least one of nineteen crimes, they were sentenced to live in Australia rather than death. Huh. Wow! Huh. Like Australia's hell on earth? What is? I'm, it's well, it's, it's, it's pretty beautiful. Call, so, yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. so from yeah, right. I, I guess you know from bitter things grow so it's we should ask you know we'll we'll talk to roland in a couple of months and i know from andrew that uh you know andrew is all the welcome mat is always on display anytime something's happening over here my man's always like we got plenty of room come on over so yeah what a flight though what's it like yeah but if it's only one way who cares it's true wouldn't want to walk it probably not very yeah. All right. Um, Any thank yous? thank yous? Yeah, do we? I uh, I just want to shout out that um, I received a Kickstarter reward. This would be the Crime Fighter Inquiry by Zanowitz and Parman, uh, signed by the creator. So um, yes, I have. That's my thank you too. I, I I yeah. I have to thank them. So and. Uh, Looking forward to that. And that is... Yeah, that's it. All right. We have to read that, and we have to read Sad Man for next week. Dave Jordan? Yes. yes. Jordan. Mr. Dave Jordan. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Jason Wood for going on vacation. <laughs> no, <laughs> go. Vacation. That's what we told him, have a vacation. Fun. He's not coming back. No. 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 <laughs> not from looking at all those photos. Nope. Maybe one day he'll answer me on the Slack. That's Maybe. a lair. <laughs> Maybe one. All right, let's talk about the comics. I got something I really, really want to talk really, about. Really, really? Yes. I, David, I don't know if you saw this, though. Uh-oh. This was a freebie. This came out, uh, well, I don't know. I think this was prepared for San Diego Comic-Con, but it just made its way to the comic shops this week. Um, it is from DC, and it's an ash can. Ashcan format, David. Little tiny thing. Uh-huh. Eight and a half by eleven, well, roughly folded sideways. It's the young animal Ashcan. Oh, very cool. No, wait, wait. Oh. You're gonna say, oh my god, because it's formatted to mimic the old who's who. Oh, fucking duck. Yep. You get um data on Shade the Changing Girl, Mother Panic, and then some preview art. And it is done in true ashcan format. Like it's dirty, it's gritty. There's there's stuff on the pages that 
could have been written by the production team and it looks like badly photoshop photo cop yeah, see old habits photocopied art and there's grit in the in the gutter there's little sniglets of things all it it's just it it's a it's a neat little piece of art all on its own huh Daniel, did you pick up your copy? I absolutely did. I mean, you, you alerted me to it, and I called up a guy that was on the way home. This thing is so cool. DC doesn't really do things like this, do they? No, I can't remember the last uh, time. Th- yeah. I saw an ash can from DC. But last last ash can I saw was probably something from Mike Allred in Hero Magazine. Remember that, David? Mm-hmm. When they used to tip in the little, little ash? Well, I hesitate to call a foil stamped. Well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah they were obviously they they were yeah. they in spirit, but the presentation. Right. Yeah, no, this this actually sounds like something that I mean, aside from it being an ash cam, but to um to be presented in the format of who's who, it, it's yeah, it's definitely something I would have wouldn't yeah. mind having. And there's a wraparound cover, and it it looks like a hastily produced zine, like they um they literally ripped they cut and pasted. Pe- pieces of of art like there's some Tommy Lee Edwards on here there's some like you know robot man's on there but there are is remnants that the, uh, of is that the burn robot man yes it is oh shit yeah, um, she didn't but, tell me about this you, you notice in the corner too in the right hand corner it's like the pages are folded up yeah the, the, it, and it looks like it's photocopied like the pages are all dog-eared yeah. from where and it, they just use that to make it look like an old book I, I think this is this thing was just um, it's amazingly produced. Like um, there are dialogue balloons on the on some of the front cover, and then they're they're overlaid by what looks like the remnants of something else, like lettering or or numbering. It just it, the, the aesthetic of this thing is amazing. Yeah. And it was free. I heard rumors that this thing is going for ten bucks on eBay or ten twelve bucks. Yeah, that's what I heard too, but, you know, I didn't even see it in Midtown. In the little shop I went to, the guy tried to hand me 10 copies of it. Dude, you should oh, take dude. it. I, I know. Little nest egg. I, I was like, no, I hand it out to customers, and, and then I heard on Facebook that it was, you know, $10, $12. It, that's it crazy. It definitely was my favorite thing that came out this week. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Definitely. By far. Um, there are some uh, images from Tommy Lee Edwards, who is working on this, um, Mother Panic series? Whoa. That's the best I can muster right now, because I'm in awe, is just, whoa. David, where do you see this art? I don't know who this Mother Panic in is, but, I mean, there's a write-up in here about her, what what happened to her, how she got to be that way, and, you know, a little tease about her powers and abilities, but holy, uh, I don't like to read those things too in-depth, before the first issue comes out, because you never know, there may be some spoilers mm-hmm, in there, yeah. right? Or even even the littlest bit of information is is a spoiler when the first issue of the series has yet to come out. So, um, but yeah, this is nuts. The uh, the Doom Patrol art is beautiful. Yes, it, it is. And there's a lot of it too. I mean, I thought maybe we'd get a page or two, yeah. but. There's a ton of panels on this thing, and they all look great. Yep. Um, for those keeping score, we have uh, well, we've been pumping Doom Patrol for a while. Doom Patrol by Gerard Way, Nick Darrington, uh, color art by Tamara Bonvillan. Uh, Shade the Changing Girl is written by uh, Cecil Castellucci, 
illustrated by Marley Zarcone, colored by Kelly Fitzpatrick. Wow, it's an all-female book. Hmm. Letter, let, lettered by Saida, uh, yeah, okay, Saida Temofante, wow. and covers by Becky Cloonan. So that's an all-lady squad, right? That's cool. Yeah, I love how in the back there you can see all the pictures of everybody, all the creators. And you know what? I'm a dumbass. I did not know Cecil Castellucci was a woman. Uh, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> I didn't. Um, so and then we have Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, written by Gerard Way and John Rivera, illustrated by Michael Avon Oming, uh, colored by Nick Filardi, and Mother Panic, written by Jody Hauser, illustrated by Tommy Lee Edwards, lettered by David. I'm going to let you do this one. John Workman. Yes. And as Daniel said on the inside, uh, the last page of the thing, you get a, a lineup of photos for all the people that are working on these things. So it, this was a cool little get. And David, if I can, this week I'll go down the shop and see if I can grab one for you. I appreciate that. This is, this is something that, it's a, it's one of the only promotional items I ever wanted to throw in a bag and board and keep. Wow. Yep. Neat stuff. Yep. That's cool. Big time. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some comics proper, not comics that are going to be. What do we got? What do we got? Well, I, um, I did mayhap clue Daniel in onto one particular book I think you were looking forward to talking about. Is that Superman? No. What? Well, we will talk about that. I, I, okay. I did some homework, so oh, I'm yeah. prepared for whatever you guys got. Ah, see, that's a challenge. I take that as a challenge. We're gonna th- we'll throw a lot of air. Are you talking about Dark Knight Three? Yes, I am. Nice. Oh, don't see. See, you're sighing already. No, you're right. I am. I am. I apologize. I I am not trying to. It's it's funny because and and for some reason today this popped up a lot on my timeline because apparently and I don't actually I didn't, since I didn't get up to the DC part maybe you can tell me if it's actually in there but um friend of the show and our personal close personal friend Mr. Zach Cruse he uh apparently DC not content to um beat a dead horse by producing a noir black and white version of Watchmen. They are now doing hard covers of each issue and slip casing it. Yeah. Yep. Not only Watchmen. They're doing it for Dark Knight Returns too. Yeah, I saw the Dark Knight is that but that's a director's cut, isn't it? Um I don't know the specifics. Okay. I know there are four individual issues, yes. one for each, you know. Um why is that a bad idea for Watchmen? I'm I'm well, I'm getting the, the part, opinion. The, 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 there are, you know, people can triple dip and quadruple dip, dip as many times as you want. If, if you want a book in a certain format, if that's how you want to read it, then and it's your money by all means. My, yeah. my, my thing is, um, they are just like when I say not every story needs to be told in every medium, not every story needs to constantly be regurgitated in that very same medium. And, and I think, that if you're going to take 
a 32-page comic book and slap it. I mean, the covers themselves are going to be thicker than the actual finished issue. All those pages tabled together, glued together, are going to be thinner than the actual front cover of the book because it's a hardcover. But it's it just seems a tad overkill and and for me a bit unnecessary. Now for I no, I think it's really weird the track record DC has had with Watchmen because they, they keep cannibalizing the original work. Right. How many different editions have we seen of Watchmen? I, right? I figured that when you get to the absolute, I figured that was it. Was right. The absolute version. We don't need to make any other we can keep reprinting the the, the, the formats that we already have, but now we're not going to do anything beyond this because you have it. This is everything and it's oversized. And look, there's a bookmark. There are just, right. there, I, and I think it's, it's, the re- reason why it's strange to me is until only recently, no one had thought of, hey, let's milk this sucker even more and take these beloved characters and insert them into the DCU. Like, it's almost the anti-Marvel approach, because you know damn well, if Marvel had an evergreen series like Watchmen, those characters would have been in the Marvel Universe a decade ago. Right. Or, like, like six weeks after the last issue came out, boom, the, they'd be in the Marvel Universe. DC has had a hands-off on Watchmen as far as the content, but not in regurgitating yeah, world. Endless, right. endless. It doesn't make like they could have been making even more money. I, I don't understand why they've only until recently decided to use these characters. Like they had the 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 ability to do so for what twenty years more. Do you think that's because the trades always sold so well, and then we saw their monthlies take such a dip that they felt like mm. that was. Like this, I'm actually asking, I don't really know. But. Right, well, Devil's Advocate, like, wouldn't that be a recipe to fix them? If you have a book where, uh, a book that's 20 years old and it's selling, still selling well. Yeah. Because as far it's, as, it's a teaching tool. It's, there are so many different applications that collection, that, that original trade has. You, you can use it for anything and has been, but it, it was before Watchmen, everything happened because Paul Levitz had stepped down. Right. Levitz was well, the gatekeeper. He, he you know, yeah. even though he could not give the rights to Alan, to Dave, even though he could not, he, he could only do everything he could do as a corporate spokesperson. He, he tried to, from everything I, I've gathered, he's, he, he tried to at least keep the sides at, at peace and without, if it's possible without angering Alan Moore anymore, you, you, um, you're like, listen, this is, this is ours. This is what we're doing with it. But I, I'm going to try to make sure that this is the only thing we do with it. And then once Levitt steps down, then they're like, well, fuck it. We only had however many issues of Watchmen. There's, and we know everything about these characters from this maxi series. But I'm pretty sure we can also know what happened in the days and months and years before this. The, this right. So right. And why not? But part of me respects that approach that Levitt's had, and uh, there's a there's a part of me that, dude, there's money to be made. You're leaving money on the table. 
it's great that you want to respect the sanctity of this brilliant piece of work, but you're a publishing company designed to make money. You could be making money on these characters. Do it. I, I, I totally agree with their decision to, to insert the, the, uh, I, I agreed with before Watchmen. I agree with sticking them into the DCU proper now. Yeah. You don't have to read it's it just, if you don't want. No, yeah. no. And it, yeah. I mean, they, they are the big two. They're about as commercial as comics gets. If you're a commercial comic company, make some damn money yeah. and you use your properties. It doesn't hurt Marvel. Marvel is not reluctant to produce 20 issues of Deadpool a month. You know, yeah. that's, be, that's why they're selling books. Yeah. The, so, the, when, uh, when it was brought up that they're, they're taking these 12 issues and turning them into individual, 12 individual hardcovers, mm-hmm. um, Dark Knight 3 was brought up and it's like, how are you going to, have a, um, make a comic book that's, how are you going to make monthly issues, monthly, huh? how are you going to make monthly issues hardcovers? Oh, and, and for some people, I guess Dark Knight 3, I don't view it as a failed experiment. I think some people do as far as the hardcover versions of it, but with me and DK3, um, number one, Dark Knight returns kind of kicked off a whole new format. So it's to 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 publish Dark Knight 3 The Master Race as as a regular format comic book with the backup story as a mini comic and to also sell it as a a hardcover, slightly larger sized hardcover dimensionally and um with a full size backup. Yeah, it's a thin hardcover, but I never looked at it and said, well, that's just like as if they, you know, made the basic Spider-Man 302 a hardcover. I never, it's, this is, this is, it's, it's a special occasion. It's, it's Frank Miller more or less returning to the Dark Knight universe. And he is, is because of everything else associated to that whole Dark Knight, um, Phenomena. It, it's I'm I'm okay with them doing a a hardcover version of of the Master Race that that with the bells and whistles with with the um with the Jim Lee sketch covers and and uh, and with the full size backup and that's I look at that different than I do as yet another Watchmen reprint. Although this time now it's going to be a hardcover and that's. So I, I get where they're coming from with the people who want to, you know, compare the two and, and complain about both, but I view them as, as separate entities. Yeah, now these people that are saying that DK3, the hardcover versions are a failed experiment, what are they basing that, that judgment on? Are they talking, uh, dollar value generated they by might, DC? I, or are they talking aesthetics? Because I think I, I, aesthetically, I, I think the, the hardcovers are beautiful. I, how many are, um, how many of the hardcovers is, is, um, is Dave selling at the shop? Are they selling well? Uh, I think that's where I think. I think it's like maybe, I don't want to speak for Dave, right. but he doesn't get a whole lot of them and he gets a stack. I mean, when he gets the, the DK3 issues in, it's about six, no, about eight inches of books on the table because he puts all the new releases out on a table. Right. 
you know, after he pulls them for his regulars. <laughs> and Dark Knight 3 is about six to eight inches the stack. And where the, the hardcovers, no, it doesn't even well, come not, close. Not everybody can afford to buy a hardcover every, well, it's not every month coming out, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Cause how <laughs> much is the everybody. hardcover? 15? 12 99 Yeah. No, uh, they couldn't have expected those hardcovers to sell as much as the, the floppies. Right. No, and, right. and I mean, the, the, the other reason why I'm getting the hardcovers is, is because of the slipcase. And, you know, this way I can just kind of keep it off to the side afterwards. Yes. For the yeah. Spine. No, that's fine, dude. Which, which, I, which, which, what do you think it's I think it's going to be Batman. Batman too. Um, and the Jim Lee covers, which, I mean, they're nice. They're, you know, they're, yeah. I think they're nice. I don't like them so much. I like a couple. I, I haven't loved every single one of them. Yeah. I like to see, um, the process uh where like if you look at the cover of number five it intrigues me that section of uh batman's arm on the right that he just did not delineate at all he just yeah. thought oh, okay, so uh, I, I, yeah I, I don't need to draw this part like but he goes into the joker's face and renders the hell because that was that's that's the money shot that was you know hey that was a pretty big deal in the third issue of uh of DK. Yeah, no, I'm thinking as a penciler, he's like, you know what? I'm not leaving anything to chance with this Joker right. face. Whereas yeah. Batman's arm fucking. Well, who's going to be paying attention to that really, except for Robert. It's not really that important. We still just black it out anyway because it is in oh, shadow. Well, yeah. But, um, no, I, I think these hardcovers are great. The, the, the work, and I wouldn't be able to say this before the first issue came out, but now having digested five of these things, I think the quality of work is very much worthy of the hardcover treatment. I mean, there may be some that disagree with me, but I think Andy is doing a phenomenal job on Andy and, and Klaus on, on the main story. Five is a pretty issue. Yeah, it is. I don't mind it. I think what my deal with the covers is that the comic itself is so vivid. The color is really crazy in this yeah. book. And then to have that cover be the completely aesthetically opposite. Yeah, it's just white. Yeah. That, right. I think, is what really sort of, not so much the drawing, but just, you know, it doesn't really suit the rest of the book, which is fine, you know. Uh, but, you have to, to, but I mean, but you're to. buying the hardcovers for, for the spine, so once they're on their side, no one's going to see it. Right. And yeah. and the color art um, by Brad Anderson is phenomenal. Yeah. And I think the if there was a weak link, well, there, I'll, okay, I'll be honest, there is a weak link to this series. And I think it's Alex Sinclair on the on the backups. Oh yeah, I oh, think ba- especially when it's um when he's when he's coloring Frank. Right now, Frank's new style um does not work well with the treatment that Sinclair is applying to it. He he's going full process, continuous tone. I mean, he's doing blends, he's doing Photoshop effects, um, uh. You know, the, the, the shading is, is intense and varied and it doesn't work with Frank's new style. The, the line is so powerful that the, 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 the coloring is not doing any service to the, to the line. Whereas I think if he just used flat color and did it in a way that was kind of mimicked Frank's approach to his new work, 
um, I think that the, the the backups would be much more successful. Like this, this lightning bolt is is really driving me nuts. <laughs> this this Photoshop lightning bolt just kills the me. The sky on the page before it too is. Funky. Yeah, and I I I love what Frank's doing. I mean, I, I'm not going to make any guesses why he's doing this now. Um, it it could be health related. It could be this just just could be his. This is the way he wants to represent himself now which is great if this is frank's choice then i'm gonna roll it i think the style is is great it's it's primitive it's dirty he's he's speaking in a language that's not familiar to mainstream comics right and so when you when you put this when you juxtapose frank's style with andy's in the front half of the book the average reader is going to be like this this miller stuff sucks and it, but it doesn't. It's just different. It's it's not attuned to mainstream sensibilities. I'm not a, I'm not apologizing for Frank. <laughs> I, you may think I am, but I'm certainly not. I, it's it's just it's Frank not giving a shit, and and he doesn't have to at this point. Well, I thought I thought DK two was him not giving a shit either. It's a fuck you to the readers and ah, if you bought this, you're a fool. There, there's 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 a way. How do I say this? Anyway, anyway, I say this, it's going to look like I'm apologizing for Frank. But basically, Frank, don't shift. This is Frank just doing whatever he wants to do, and I'm perfectly happy with that. And I, I think the story, it, the the style works. I think if but, you're a Frank, no matter where you got into Frank Miller, I think if you're a Frank Miller fan, you you kind of also have to be a masochist. There, there are glimmers of this style in Electra. Um, lives again. Now, Lynn did a great job on that. Lynn Varley on colors did a fantastic mm-hmm. job, but that spare line, thick, inky blacks, he s- kind of started to do that around Lecture Lives Again, but this is just, I mean, this is very spare. He's, he's, I, 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 it is what it is. I feel like this is him just completely at his age, trusting himself and what he does. I, I don't get the feeling that he's sketching these pages out much. I think he's just going oh, in there. No. Yeah, and, he's, he, you know, that might yeah. be maybe uh, like a, you know, he's going the shitty way to do it, but I think it's maybe the opposite. He just has complete confidence. He's Frank Miller. He can just sit there he and fucking do it. He, like, yeah. He does care. No. Right. Even though, like, see, this may bother people, but if you look at, I, I, and I know the some people that it bothered, but if you look at the grill on the car, it starts off, right? Yeah. It's, 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 um, uh, like, um, horizontal and vertical lines. Yeah. Then, yeah. Next page, <laughs> and then it switches to all vertical. Like, he doesn't care. Because in all three panels that I just described, it's car. That, the lines around that are delineating that object say car. Yeah. Car, car, car. So it doesn't matter. If you don't know it's a car, there's something wrong with you. So the the minutia of it that the grill is not the same doesn't really matter. Nope. It's a comic it's, book. It's, it's not real life. Yeah, Whereas, but you have people who who look for that consistency. If yeah. it's so, I I can't I can't fault someone who who looks at the Cubert stuff and it's like wow. He, he drew like every fish under this water and and every scale on on Aquaman's tunic. And then you get to the end and it's like, well wait, she, why is her, 
why is her eye this big in this panel and it's smaller? So I, I, however someone wants to look at it, that's. I, I have to laugh though, looking yeah. at this art. Just trying to think what Frank was thinking. The, the first page especially, those are some pretty big ass plants. I wonder if, if he had, if he had any instructions. <laughs> they are. They're huge. Yeah, right? yeah, the, 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 number the one, why are, these, why are these guys standing in the plants? And, it's I, I I it's on it's like a, it's a totally different wavelength. I love how she flies and she's always in the taking a crap position too. Yeah, yeah. Well, Frank is aware. She's always curled up. Based on the design of the costume yeah. that took us is the part that works the yeah, best on that. It's always ass. He 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 works it, but um yeah, I love this shit. But I want to talk about the main now, story. Yeah, and this is where um I think. My, I'll let you. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go all in. Uh, you, you, I don't I, have no, no. I've I've expressed to you plenty of times in in five issues. My my biggest criticism about this. Yeah, story. but go ahead. And, and the people playing at home, David's biggest criticism is it seems the story seems to be dragging. It it doesn't need to be eight issues. I disagree. I wish it was a hundred. I know issues. you do, but then <laughs> See, that's. that's the thing. When you, no, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, I, I don't have the qualifications to do that because personal opinion is just that, right. right? But when you claim a story's dragging, you're, you're cognizant of what? What are you cognizant of when you, when you say, man, this story's taking so long? What, what do you, what is the thing of which you are aware? The ending, right? You're like, that ending is so friggin' far away, man. I, I don't know what's going on. But, for me, like this book is pure joy. I don't, I don't want it ever to end, right? Oh, the the end is the farthest thing from. I don't, I don't get it. Get it here. So for me, though, it's it's not that. Okay, it's eight issues. You have you you better tell one hell of a story if you're going to do it in eight issues in all of those pages. However many pages equals eight issues, it, this is going to knock my socks off. It, it, the story should not. This, the story should be as long as the story needs to be. The length of however many issues you want to do the story, that should not be the driving force. That's not the determining fact. I, we have eight months to fill. Right. Let's do an eight-month story. No. how long, The story is the important thing. Right, but that's a problem with the, with the, the, the marketplace. Because if – see, if you say, okay, we have a miniseries coming up. We're doing Dark Knight 3. We don't know how many issues it's going to be because we don't know. I would love to see this, right? right? But the market wouldn't bear it. If if they said, all right, here we go. We're, we're doing a Dark Knight 3. The length, we don't know how long it's going to be. We don't know how long the story is going to, to, to take to tell. The retailers would freak the hell out sure. because they don't know how much they're in for. But if you, if you want to let the story determine the length of it, that's the way you got to go. Like when I see seven issue miniseries or, or, or five issue miniseries, I'm, that makes me happy mm-hmm. because it says to me that, you know, what they could have did eight, they could have did six, but, but they, they're right, but they, they got this weird number. But, and, and it, you're right. The, the story should determine how many issues, but when you publish a Dark Knight sequel, Ka-ching, but right, you're going to make it eight issues. If they, are you sure they could have did this. Okay, in six? now the first series that eventually becomes Dark Knight Returns that was four. Mm-hmm. The second 
was three. But they were double. Exactly. They were, they, they had more than 30 pages. This, this is a regular size, regular numbered pages comic book. And it, and so there's nothing, the only thing that's making this anything special in the Dark Knight universe is the fact that it's still a miniseries. But now we're going for eight issues. And and Frank was able to do what he wanted to do in four issues and three issues. Yes, however many we can we can count the pages when everything but, is done and, and see, you know, who had who was able to give us the most bang for the buck and, and Well comics have changed a lot since Dark Knight returned. But this also isn't pure Frank. How how much is he doing? Is he just plotting? We don't know these? That. No, he's telling Azarella. What I right. doubt it. If he was, then he wouldn't follow this up with his own Dark Knight Three. Well, that's just icing on the cake, right? But see, <laughs> I I am I am very I'm mesmerized by shiny things. That's true, and, and I'm easily distracted by a double page spread of Arthur and Carrie riding a friggin' hammerhead shark. Like if that's the spread, that's just dripping with awesome to me. I don't care that they took two pages to do that. No, but fine, it, if this, I, I will admit, if this book were by anyone else, I'd be like, what the fuck? Two pages to do this thing? It's like they're wasting the real estate. But when it's Frank, see, I'm a hypocrite. When it's, Frank, it's Frank, I'm like, yo, this is beautiful. Look at that the hammer. When I hope shot. it's Frank, then, you know, hey, it's it awesome. Is Frank. It's all Frank. Uh, and the paper stock <laughs> is, is But no, I, I love the, 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 the detours in this book. Like, did they have to go into that much detail on Wally's broken legs? Probably, or, Barry. or Barry's, bro- Barry's broken legs? Probably not. But it was cool, and the fact that he's now a supercomputer, all on his own, yeah. I think that's a neat twist, right? The 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 new Bat vehicle breaking into the the mob scene, awesome. You know, Batman in the cockpit takes up the majority of that page, the fa- the next page. That's cool. It, it's just, I give these guys free reign to do whatever they want. Yes, you do. Be- and, and it's not, yes, it's because of the pedigree, what this is, is springboarding from. Yes, it's because the, you have to admit, this is as much DK2 as it is Dark Knight Returns. This story yes. owes as much to DK2 as it does to Dark yeah. Knight Returns. It's like yeah. it's, it's like Rush Hour 3, the movie that did not need to be made. Rush Hour 2 kind of gave us everything we needed. The third just completely screwed everything that they were going for. So, no, I, I get that this has – it's it's something that, you know, you never expected to see. Now it's here. You're going to love every single minute of it, and I'm not going to – Make too much fun of you for it, but it is a, it's, it's. I'm a Miller Mark. Which is fine. No, I know. And, and it's, you know, I'll. So you really can't take anything I say about this book seriously. And no one should say thing with me. But I, I, I have to admit, I'm being totally honest. My enthusiasm for this book is genuine. I'm not pumping it up more than, you know, I think it should. I, I am in love with every issue of this book. You are just just because of what it is and who it's from. So, eh, right? Um, I thought Superman escaping the 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 black matter prison was awesome. And didn't I tell you? 
that something along the lines of what happened was going to happen with the 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 uh, the Candorians. Oh, yeah. I told you. Yeah. He had a uh, Bruce had a blanket contingency that pretty much took care of them all for right now. Well, I love how Superman deals with that at the end. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Isn't that hysterical? Yeah. That, that, no, it's just it's silly that Bruce prepared to the point where he made yeah. a Superman body armor with Superman's it's face. Still. No neck, but no, no. Yeah, no neck. You don't need a neck. <laughs> and 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 the look at the the the, the flip flop on the last page. Bruce is smiling, and Superman has like a kind of Batman uh, countenance going yeah. on. I think this book is, it's, it's, it is silly, but it's That's so much. Superman say, I got your back. <laughs> I got your back, dude. <laughs> it's like, I, I've always had. Uh... So, so Bruce had to know that the plan with Carrie going to Arthur and them finding Superman and he had to know that the needle would work. So he built the Superman body armor. Like, that's just, that's insane. To even think that that plan, as convoluted as it is, would actually come to fruition, but it did, because he's he's Batman. Why wouldn't it come to fruition? And we get a cool Superman armor. <laughs> this is so great. They need to make this into a movie. Damn it. Well, I'm, I'm sure Zach is trying to do it right now. He might be working on that. Yeah. <sighs> Can we? Talk about the Suicide Squad thing for one second. Oh, did you? You didn't see it, right? No, no, no. Tomorrow night. I'm, uh, well, maybe tomorrow night. We'll see how the day goes. But definitely this weekend. But how bad can it be? We've seen the trailers. How how bad can this movie be? I think my my thinking is people were getting their hopes up. They were. They were reserving themselves to the fact that Zack Snyder wasn't directing this. So based yeah. on that, yeah, it has to be better than the first two movies in this universe. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean it may be better than the other two movies, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a great movie. And based on how they're setting up this universe, I can see not everybody loving it. And, you know, I, yeah, we saw the trailer and Renee's like, we're going to go see this movie. So I know we're going to the theater to see it. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy it more than I have enjoyed Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice, but I'm not expecting to leave. And because of the first two movies, my expectations are low, but I'm not expecting to leave the way I do when I left with Leaving Guardians of the Galaxy or, or Ant-Man, you know, so it's, I'm looking forward to it because it's not a Zack Snyder directed film. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be the best thing of the summer. Right. But if all those scenes that are in the trailer writ large are in the movie, I, I really don't see how it can be as bad as some of the reviews say it is. Because it, it, are those the best scenes in the movie? Did they blow so their wad? No, it's, that's yeah. the thing. Then you already saw it. You saw the best parts of the movie in a 30-second commercial. 
what is there to see? What is there to go sit in, in, in a movie theater for two hours then and wait for those best parts? I don't know. Am I easy to please? Yes. Am I? I just got done talking about DK3 loving it. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's, it's. Well, okay. You know, I, I enjoyed Dawn of Justice, but I didn't love it. Right. I don't expect to love Suicide Squad. I expect to enjoy it. So that, that's, that's good enough for me. Right. That's yeah. good enough for you and I. I've yeah. been looking forward to it. The trailers didn't look too bad. No. I mean, I've definitely been more stoked to see this than I was for Superman and Batman. Yes. If Margot Robbie takes up the majority of the running time, I'm fine. I just want to look at her. That's great. And and say, oh, call me superficial or whatever. That's good enough for me right now. I'm not expecting a, a classic. I mean, I Frank Miller has like, nothing to do with it. So, like, I mean, why would it? We never expected to see a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I never expected to see a Suicide Squad movie. So, yeah, that was total surprise. It's, you know, it's not our, it's not our Suicide Squad, whichever version, whatever Tax Force X you're, you're familiar with. This isn't that one, but. No. Well, it looks like it's closest to the, to the new, new 50, 50, of course. But, yeah. you know, I'm going to see Deadshot on screen. Um, they're just, uh, well, I mean, I have on Arrow, but, you know. That's another thing. Will Smith. Have you ever seen a truly bad Will Smith movie? Yeah. What? Wild Wild West? I didn't think there was that Dude, that's bad. the only movie Renee walked out on. She got up and walked out of the movie. I didn't think it was horrible. She did. I mean, I thought Will Smith was enjoyable. He's, he's always, he always brings the A game, whether the script is worthy of his A, gra- a game. Is, pounds. Pursuit of Happiness is pretty good. No, yeah, he's, he's had more hits than misses by far. So, you know, for me to, uh, he's, I don't expect him to drag this movie down. I like Viola Davis. I, I, I like who they have in this movie. Yeah. So I'm optimistic. I'm going to leave hoping that I'm, I'm, I plan on leaving feeling pretty good but yeah, I see. i'm not um it, also i don't know if um if like i'm sure the, the actual movie critics don't take this into account but some of the people are probably bringing that all that baggage in with you know they went every other trailer that came out every time they released a new trailer it had a different feel or was a little bit more colorful and 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 they just they they, they tried something different with each one and um and then there was that news after Deadpool of, you know, reshoots and going for a more humorous bent. And, and, you know, sometimes that can cloud people's expectations. And the, uh, the, the so, Hollywood Reporter had some pretty crazy stories about the editing of the movie. I don't know if you guys read those at all. I but did not. They were pretty damning. They were pretty horrible. You know, whether that means it's a bad movie or a good movie, I won't know until I see it. But right. it was a right. very interesting read as to what. I like happened. the way you think. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to prejudge it. That's not fair to do. Nope. Uh, and without giving, because I don't think, I know David, you didn't read the reviews. I did. Uh, it, it seems like the character beats aren't what the problem is. So I, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I think it's the overall how it's put together is what the issue is for some of these people that I yeah. write in the reviews. It's not the characters. They, they kind of come off cool. And the actors do a pretty decent job, but it seems like the way it's all put together is what the issue is. And that's what those Hollywood reporters, re- reporter, uh, articles are about. It's, yeah. it's a pretty crazy situation. See, as a, as a fan of, of Z grade movies, yeah. I mean, I have, I love bad movies. I have my entire life. Editing is the farthest thing from my mind. I don't care how the movie's put together. 
um, when you're when you're cognizant of the editing, you have not released to the movie. Right. You yeah, have no, not, you're not. You no, have not yeah. surrendered. So I mean, I don't I don't look for things like that when I'm in a movie. I just kind of like relinquish myself to the film. I love I love Cloud Atlas. I mean, I'm weird. I I, I like. I didn't see that. Was it bad? I think it's a great movie. That's Tom Hanks, right? And Tom yeah, Hanks, yeah, and Tom Hanks, yeah. Right, right. I, I mean, I think it's a great movie, but um, I wouldn't call it a great movie. See, there's a difference. I think it's great, but it, it, when you when you apply the Cloud Atlas, the the making of this thing and how it operates as a film, it's not a great movie, right? Citizen Kane is a great movie. There, there, there are there are movies that that are legit great because they operate in a way that other movies don't, or they they do things in a unique way. Whatever the case, whatever your qualifications as to great, like there are people who don't think two thousand and one, A Space Odyssey, is a great movie. I, I I think it's it's almost a perfect movie. But your mileage will event will. I mean, personally, when I call Cloud Atlas great, it's great to me. That's, I love that's, watching. That's exactly what I when you when you. Say something is great. Mm-hmm. You're obviously speaking from your point of view, but you personally, you know when, you know when, uh, you can see when someone is pointing out flaws to a movie or can say, sure. this is okay. Yeah. You love this part. But this plot hole right here. And it's like, and so you, you can acknowledge that. You're like, listen, no, I know yeah. it, it may have been a poorly made movie or there may be points where, you know, you're just, I, right, right, sh- right. I mean, how many more times can I hear people shit on Into Darkness and all I want to do is watch the fucking movie? I think yeah. it's a good Exactly. Movie. So, I mean, but I know obviously there are parts of it where it's just like, dude, did, were you asleep during that part? That was like the worst part of the whole movie. And it's like, dude, why, why are you giving me a hard time for something that I enjoyed? So I, but you're right. You're absolutely right. Listen, I enjoyed this movie. Yes, you can tell me that this is where it went off the rails, and I will admit to you that, yeah, that part may sting a little bit, but I still enjoy it. Even with all of that going on, I still enjoy this movie. All right. That's a basically a template to all my commentary on this show. When I when I call something great, I'm not saying that, like... I'm 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 also a huge music fan, and I, I I acknowledge the fact that there are a ton of Radiohead fans in the world. There are people who absolutely adore every note on a Radiohead album. I don't see it. I think they're boring as fuck, right? But I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that the the sounds they produce does not resonate with me. Okay, people may think Gary Panner's bad. I'm sure there are a lot of people that think Gary Panner, they don't want to look at it. They don't understand it. It looks ugly to them, right? I worship every line that man makes and it's people just don't see it. Whatever, right? Um, I don't, I, everything that comes out of my mouth is from my viewpoint. I'm not, I don't judge things based on other things or where they fit in the, the, the big picture. I don't give a shit about that. You wouldn't even have to explain yourself, though, if it wasn't such – if there weren't people out there that got so offended by what other people think. I know, right? right? right. problem. Like, you can think whatever about... the fuck you want, but the problem is sure. all these people out there that get so personally offended by yes. what your personal yes. views are. You have insulted are. me. Yeah, you have insulted yes. me, and how could you not see how good this is or how terrible it's this is? I say, dude, it's, it's not about you. Yeah, right? that's... It's never been about yeah. you. Yeah. 
a piece of art exists in this this shell your reaction to it is never going to permeate that shell it is and therefore if it's unchanged if it's if it does not have the ability to change in the wake of your presence, it's perfect. It never will change. It will always be exactly the same. Yep. So you do not factor into the equation. I don't either. Nobody does. Not even the person that made nope. it. When this thing is out there, it's art and it's there. So I don't know. I, I, I tell my kids this all the time too. I said, you're not the center of the universe. You never yep. will be. So stop acting like this it. is like a Facebook thing where you, the only thing you really have as a human to do on there is give your opinion. So now everything right. is based on what your own personal opinion is and you build a little wall around it, you know, and then. But, you know, before the Internet, it wasn't really like that. You got people dissected things and talked about them, right. but it didn't feel like it was so there was so much animosity between people because of how they felt about things. Right. And as soon right. as you write something, even though it's on it's it's your yeah. It's your personal opinion. You know, Facebook posts are like, what's on your mind? These are yeah. things coming from you. As soon as you write it down and hit post, someone is going to think you are trying to pass that off as a fact. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yep. I don't, I, I think, I think this movie is bad. That's, first of all, that's your opinion. Well, no shit. But secondly, why are you coming at me like I broke yeah. down a goddamn slideshow? And, and I'm explaining the, all I'm saying is I didn't, you know, why quit it, it's semantics, quit dissecting everything someone's yeah. posting. Just live in yeah. the fucking moment. Move on. Yeah. Oh, or even the whole Rotten Tomatoes thing where they're trying to get the, Oh like, my god, don't eat so the entitled ridiculous. bullshit. I just it says yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Because what were the what, what were the Rotten Tomatoes numbers for, for the Nolan movies? Why why weren't they looking to petition that at that time? Yeah, yeah, I don't know like, what they were, but I can't even imagine. Fa- uh, uh, it's a collective of thoughts. Like it's not that. even Rotten Tomatoes. It's not a, an entity. They just collect right. things. Yeah, right. But but the fact that uh, a number doesn't conform with your opinion—that's a cause for you to rally and and try and yeah. and whatever they're doing. Like it just doesn't make sense. That you you have nothing better to do. Go go work at a soup kitchen for a couple hours if you have all that much free time. Yeah. Or, or go help somebody. You, what you're doing amounts to nothing. Literally. Yep. It amounts to nothing. Yep. So, right? TLDR, keep reading Dark Knight 3. And keep reading it because it. I, you <laughs> know what, as, as, with the, right. <laughs> hey, this book is good because Ritz likes it, but I don't really care no, for it. I, you know, after reading, with the fifth issue, as I'm, as I'm thumbing through it again while we're talking about it, that is, that, would probably, I know, you know, Jason and I have, we, we, we've, we've talked about the backups in the past with the first. Oh, he's going to go. Issues. I know this one's not going to, he's not going to love this one yeah. at all, but especially if, I mean, after we went in on, on Aquaman, but, um, you know, there, which, there have been, which I have to say was about a hundred times more thought out than, <laughs> than the backup. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I thought, you know, if, if they can keep the momentum going, cause yeah, I mean, where, what I thought were, were maybe why I think things seem padded out is, is just because maybe not, I was waiting for, the, I was waiting for the buildup to actually happen and, and, and see where we're going. And so as things are slow to me, um, the fifth issue is if, if the next three issues can keep this momentum going. Uh, um, I, I probably won't be as buttered as it continues. You know that 
six and seven are going to be black as hell. Because if Frank's going to throw a little bit of optimism at you, like that last page of issue five, you think, okay, Clark and Bruce have things, they, they got things in, well in hand. It's not going to happen that way. In six and seven, things are going to turn really ugly. And then he's going to pull it out in issue eight. Yep. You know, I didn't read the first four issues. I, I enjoyed this one. I'm going to be picking up the next. Cool. Yeah. I can send you some. I have doubles of some if you would like more. Uh, I would take them. I, I'd like to read it. Cool. I, I, you know, I really love this. There's moments in here that I really like. The telepathy with uh, Aquaman there where she doesn't yep. know what's going on for a second with the flash. There's a couple of great moments in it. It's not bad. Yeah. 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 We, we got Daniel White. Look at that. See, and if Daniel can like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what's next? Um, let me see my list. Uh, did, is everyone caught up on Superman? Half yes for me, but. Did you get to number four? Well, I'm doing Superman. I'm not doing action. Is that what you're talking about? Cause yeah. I mentioned maybe action. I'm not doing that, but go for it. Okay. No, um, because you are a fan of Patrick Gleason, I bring this up. Yeah, he's great. I, I am a huge fan of Patrick Gleason as well. Um, I, I got caught up. Uh, I think we're all caught up on Superman, which it means issues two to four. Yes. Two, three and four. Written by Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. Illustrated by Patrick Gleason and uh, I believe Jorge Jimenez. Yes. On issue three. Yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Three yeah. is favorite. He's good. Uh, Mick Ray did the inks, uh, for part of this. Color art, uh, on all these issues, uh, by Alejandro Sanchez and John Calice. Yeah. I have very little experience with John, not having read John the, White? right, the bulk of the, no, John, um, the yeah. Yeah, John White. Is that, the is that the song? That's, right. Okay. So this is, the Richard this, Donner series, right? No, nope, nope, no, no. Okay. That sorry, that uh, no, no, don't be. It, this no. this stems out of um, of convergence. Yeah. So ah. the, the Lois and Clark from Convergence was after Lois and Clark were married, but long before John started writing the series. And Pockhand died and, and, and all of that. So that's, this is the, uh, we'll say this is the, the, the late 90s ish Superman. So it's, it's before we got to the end of, of, um, uh, the pre flashpoint. Okay. So it's, it's, so that in, during convergence, when everybody, when all the heroes were, were in their own little pocket world, nobody had powers. So, they went for a year with nobody having any powers. Rex Mason was giddy because he was actually able to touch Sapphire and everybody's all happy because everybody, nobody has powers. No one, no one can get hurt um, <laughs> or hurt their loved ones. And this means that Clark Kent can knock up Lois Lane can. So she's oh, pregnant yeah. during Convergence. And when Convergence is ending, because the Flashpoint Superman, that patient zero, wherever the hell he was, uh, because he was fond of that universe's Lois Lane. He went to rescue Lois knowing that she's pregnant, but he's actually making things worse and she's about to give birth and there are no doctors nearby except for Thomas Wayne. So our Clark Kent, our Superman grabs Thomas Wayne. He helps deliver the baby. 
Jonathan is born. Now, after Convergence, we get that eight-issue miniseries by uh, Jurgens and Lee Weeks, where we're folding this Clark, this Lois, this Jonathan, folding them into the New 52 universe. Yeah. And with that, uh, because this world already has a Clark Kent, already has a Lois Lane, they decide to take up the, uh, the name of White. So it's, um, it's, yes, the baby's name is Jonathan after, uh, his, his, um, Clark's father, but, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're using Perry White's last name. Okay, so I'm a tad, I'm a tad bit confused. And, and you gotta excuse me, cause this applies more to action comics than it does to Superman. So, if this world had two Clark Kents, one of which is, is ours, which is the pre-Flashpoint right. Clark, Clark, Clark Kent, and the second one was the Clark Kent that died, right. who in the hell is this Clark Kent running around in action comics. Running around getting broken arms? Yes. Yeah. Where is, where does he come? Like, I, I tried to pay. There's a third Clark Kent? Is that what yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. I tried, to, every time he appeared on panel, I tried to concentrate to the point. I, I wanted to take in every detail and see, you know, maybe they're giving us a clue. Am I wrong in thinking that we still have no freaking idea who this Clark Kent is? No, you're not wrong. It, it's it's not because um, uh, he even convinces Jimmy. Like Jimmy's like, Mister Kent, go do your thing, and he's like, Jimmy, he, I, yeah. I'm I'm just old plain old Clark Kent. Huh. I, I and don't that's the other thing. It. It's like so. So does this does this Clark not realize that this world's Superman was outed to be Clark could, Kent? It's, uh, because it's like he's adamant about not being Superman, but it's like so. So where's even Wonder Woman's like? Well, let's see if you are who who, who I think you are, and yeah. that doesn't pan out well for her. So I don't know where Homeboy's from. I don't know if um. So okay, I don't feel no, bad no, now. This had there's nothing about this character in the new fifty two because even nothing. even the um. Even that dude who thought he was Superman from the last days of Superman. Yeah, burning guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, there's, it, it's, that's not him. So I, I'm not. Okay, good. All right. So we're on, on the same page. We're all on the same page. We don't know anything about this Clark. I, I have one question too. Wh- okay. Where is the other Lois? Is she dead too? No, she's not dead. She's just, so there's two the, Lois the, Lanes the, then. Yeah. Yeah. There's, okay. there's, there's, there's the, our 90s Lois Lane. Is in the uh, Superman book I'm reading. Right. 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 Yeah. See, they need to fix this. Yeah, this is complicated. I, I, <laughs> no, no, seriously. So, okay, we're going to revamp all our books. We're, we're, we're bringing some of the old with the new and we're calling it rebirth and you're going to love it. And the, the people who did not endure the new 52 and weren't around for pre flashpoint and they're getting up on all this hype and they start reading these books and I got to, I have to guess that they're, they're, they're maddening because there are so many flashpoint threads that are trail, like the whole Wally thing in the Titans and the, 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 the note from Thomas Wayne. It's like, yeah. this must be driving people crazy because yeah. they're, they're not explaining it fast enough. And if, if what they said is true, where 
I think, I don't know if it was Jeff Johns or they said that the whole Watchmen thing is going to play out over a period of three years. There's no way you can go three years without explaining this thing. It, it, it's, it's Wolverine to the max. Like it's crazy talk. You, we need to know what's going on. Not, I don't need it tomorrow, but I need it in a couple months. Yeah. Right? Because if you're getting two issues of the major books every month, in, in, in five months, you're going to have like 10 issues stacked up. And if you didn't explain it by then, then, then I think that's, that's a fault of the writers. They should at least give us significant clues to postulate what's going on here. Especially in Superman's case, it seems like with the new 52, that was the one that they, you wanted them to get right and they kind of didn't. So now yeah. if they did this, they should have maybe just made a clean cut and said, okay, fine. Right. It's the old I Superman, did. he's back. And then just give us stories with that. This and what would be so wrong with nothing. that? Nothing. It's that, comics. Just go for it and yeah, just say, "Fuck yeah. it." This is the Superman now. And right, and that would work. Yeah. Um, but I have to admit, I think that from what I've read, the Rebirth issues and to date of both Superman and Action, I think they're doing a mystery notwithstanding. I think they're doing a great job of leveling the playing field, kind of, and saying, "Okay." Here's Superman. Yes, there's a couple things you don't know about him, but basically, this is the character we've loved for. Yeah, and they, they couldn't completely yeah. do an about face and and wipe away New Fifty Two and and just be like, yeah, you know, we we admit some things didn't go yeah. right, so we're going to try That's to fix true. a few things. Um, because you know they're they're going to they're they're trying to keep going with Batman and 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 keep that whole history the way it is so it's it's um you know i I definitely give them credit for fixing superman in air quotes but it's um but i you know they're fun issues they're fun i got what i wanted out of these four superman issues this feels like old superman and i don't know none about this other clark kent and all that but i don't need to you know right obviously Yeah. yeah because um there's not a triangle on the front covers but there might as well be. Yeah. I mean, the, I think these are fun. Yeah. Um, in a nutshell, John gets hurt. So Lois and uh, Superman take him to the Fortress of Solitude, not Superman pre-50, New 52 Fortress of Solitude. This is the Fortress of Solitude from the New 52 Superman because there are mach- he has machinery there that can better... Um, deal with Kryptonians from the post-Flashpoint. Whatever, right? It doesn't really matter. Um, and when they get to the Fortress of Solitude, the Eradicator pops up and attacks... Well, no, I shouldn't say that. He doesn't attack. Superman attacks the Eradicator based on prior knowledge yeah. of, of what the Erad- Eradicator stands for. But he was correct in doing so because we find out that the, the Eradicator wants nothing more than to usher in a new Krypton and little John, who is both Kryptonian and human, doesn't factor into these. He's, he's tainted the bloodline. So he wants to fix that. So, you know, the new Kryptonians can start popping out. And, um, the thing I liked most about these issues, besides the beautiful art, was the fact that they made the Eradicator's General Zod's strike force, yeah. his his, yep. his 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 uh, police force. That was a neat little twist. 
Um, but other than that, it's just a, I mean, there's really no deeper, you don't, it's not a deep dive. It's pretty much all surface. The Eradicator wants to usher in a new Krypton and little John standing in the way and daddy and family have to deal with it. But, uh, Bibbo? Oh what? my God. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, it, and it just had, as soon as I saw the arm wrestling going on, I'm like, oh, please, please. And it was in a bar. It was now, does, had Bibbo showed up in, in the new 52? Maybe I not not uh, I not that uh, jumps out to me. Not that I. Remember. But it was great. Um, the Menace and, is so beautiful. I'm staring at this for days. See, I like it too, but I don't know if I can say I like it more than than Gleason. They're very different. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I, the Menace art is gorgeous. It is, man. Right? It's really gorgeous. The Gleason stuff is work. It works, and it's it's, oh, it's, it's money. absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah, it's I mean that that that's an awesome looking Superman, um, but it it and but there are times where um, I, I don't want to say inconsistent or missteps or things like that. It's it's it absolutely tells the story. It continues to tell the story, but it's um, it it just there didn't seem to be any hiccups with. The Jimenez stuff. It, every every page just looked amazing and flawless. And and there there are a couple of panels where I'm looking at at the the like Gleason really knows when to when to hammer home the important shit. Like when John's going to zip up the jacket, or when the double page spread where we're both taking on the Eradicator. Yep. Um, yes, but, but then there are Gleason, a couple of panels. Gleason. No, go ahead. The, the, I bet. No, there are a couple of panels where it just um, where it's. Um, monkey-esque and not in the best way. Uh, just expressions are a little off, and I never got that feeling when I was looking at, at issue three. Hmm. I, Gleason has uh, that Ed McGinnis kind of chiaroscuro where he hammers down those thick, thick blacks. And I think that's why... See, this is where I disagree with you on, on Kirkham's art. <laughs> for for action, I think if you if you look at the the approach with Jimenez and um, Gleason, they're going for a look for Superman that is very much different than the look they're going for for action. Right. I think it's a neat juxtaposition of the two styles. Where Kirkham is very loose and very fluid, and he lets the colorist do a lot of the work. Guys like Gleason and McGinnis. They're very particular where those shadows are going, and they're not going to leave it to chance. Yeah. So they're, they they lay in these huge, dark, thick, inky shadows, and they're all purposefully made. Like the, the, there's no brushwork. I mean, he's the, the, he wants those shadows to be exact. Whereas Kirkham in 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 action, it's it's a very different approach. It's a more fluid, more more painterly approach where it's he lets the line do the talking and the colors okay yeah. do what you want to do uh I, both of which are valid but the the this superman title to me looks a lot like the mcginnis era superman it does, it does. and that's a good yeah. thing right Very heroic. That, that makes me happy yeah. because superman's built like a brick shit house and he's he's borderline cartoony I mean, there's some Fleischer Superman in this with that massive jaw, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And and you don't get that in the action. You get more along the lines of a more realistic approach to, to Superman. Well, yeah, it's, it's like it's like reading Bogdanov and Man of Steel. 
mm-hmm. and then going over to to Jurgens or Grummet in right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought, but I think I didn't mention about the Eradicator is they weren't just a police force; they were soul repositories. Like the people yeah. that would would air on Krypton. They extracted their souls. I don't know how they do that? They did that being machines, but whatever. It's Kryptonian technology. It is what it is. They extracted their souls and contained them within their their bodies, where the the lifeless shell of these people were later put into cryogenics. And once you know their trial came up or whatever, then if if they were presumed innocent, then their souls were put back in their bodies. But in in this story, we find out that this eradicator. Has a shit ton of Kryptonian souls in them. And they're released at one point. And that's where Bibbo comes in, because Bibbo has a rock <laughs> that he thought was from the moon, uh, it, as payment for, lo- he got it as payment for, lo- for winning the, the arm wrestling match. But there are traces of kryptonite in the rock, and the souls of the Kryptonians are drawn towards the kryptonite. And that's where the story progresses. I thought it was a neat little spin. I agree. Yeah, and it's not it's not over with no. yet because the dude that got inhabited by the Kryptonian souls that just isn't going to go away. I think there's more things going. Like these souls, if we can have, it, it's a neat way of DC to have more Kryptonians. If they should they desire to do so, I mean, there's a ton of mutants running around in Marvel. Why not more Kryptonians on on in the DC universe? Why not? Right. More the merrier, I think. Kryptonian Ghost Squad—that's kind of a cool idea. Could be yeah. right, yeah. or they could—they could—they could temporarily inhabit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so we know John is strong, far more, far stronger than an average human, and he's half Kryptonian. So if these souls can inhabit normal humans, and we have the Yellow Sun, why couldn't a normal human be superpowered? Or, or they could inhabit other superheroes, and that could make for an interesting story. Yeah, that's all right. See, we're working with this. Yeah. It's good. This is good. <laughs> I mean, Alan, I mean, these are so much fun. I, Again, I, I'm, I'm along for the ride. It's the first time in nearly, well, it's the first time since New 52 that I'm getting Superman in, in single issues. Yeah, me too. That's a big deal, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I have no remorse. I'm enjoying them. Um, if we could talk about action for two minutes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this this doomsday's incredible. No? See that, and that's that's why I think you don't mind that um, if I point out something that I'm not loving about Kirkham's Superman or his Wonder Woman in some cases, it, that just... That doesn't register with you. Yet you you're not even hearing it because uh, Doomsday's see, no, yeah, in this I comic think, book. You, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe to a certain extent that's true, and it's under ten percent. Okay, but I I look at Kirkham's drawing, and it's rock solid. In his first yeah. issue. No, I'm looking at second. I'm looking at nine sixty. That splash page with Diana. And the, we don't know who the hell he is, Clark Kent, and Doomsday smashing in the background. That is a fantastic spread. Don't, there's not. Wait, wait, which? Look at that. I mean, the, 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 the oh. foreshortening on Diana's legs, he could have, they're a, it's a little wait, short. Gonna, so, it's a little, little short, right. but so, 
I'm looking at the the, the, the drawing. I mean, the Doomsday is incredible. There are there are panels where he goes just all out, and he's like, "Listen, I'm cramming everything." into this panel and no two ways about it. But then like John jumping in and then that's the other thing. It's like, it's like John in Superman. And I expect, you know, I almost expect it to be reversed. Like the, 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 the Superman feels as if it's written by Jurgens because Jan Jurgens knows Superman and the Superman family in action comics that doesn't feel like Jurgens because the characters are doing things that I wouldn't expect Jurgens written characters to do. And, Take one. Um, well, you know, John is going to be careful about not killing any more, any more pets. But then once he sees dad beating up on Doomsday, he's all, um, he's all giddy and happy and, and, and starts jumping and shouting breaking windows and TV screens, and he's loud enough where Doomsday hears him. And it's like, and 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 so in that little moment, that, in that split second, you know, John just forgot everything, which is fine. You know, shit happens. I, I get it. But Yeah, but that's kind of weird. He should have smelled him. If if Doomsday but hates Kryptonians to the point where he actively seeks them out, he should have smelled. I know it's 50% what... Superman smells. But you're like, also right? you you also have to remember how this story started. Doomsday is behaving as if he's he actually has a strategy, and that's never been so. This isn't the same. This is not the Doomsday that that Superman fought before. I disagree with that bullshit. Super Doomsday has had a strategy before. That's yeah, it's to get between from here to there. It doesn't matter what the fuck's in my way. That's not a strategy, dude. Destruction. That's for me. China shop. No, that. But but you know, I squeed during this issue because when Lex admires the Doomsday, where Superman explains exactly what Doomsday is, and and Lex says, "Ingenious, controlled, rapid, yep. forced evolution." I was like, "That's what I've been saying, dude." You, there's, how could you not admire Doomsday? He's a force of destruction, and it's it's he's been programmed to destroy. He's got spikes on his body to destroy. It, it, he, he's an unstoppable force. Whenever I see Doomsday, I'm like, all right, I'm in for a good story because I know <laughs> that Doomsday's going to tear some shit up, right? Oh shit! Yeah, no, I. I, I I really like Kirkham's drawing style. I think he's, I think he's solid. I don't think it's a, it's, there's anything within any of these pages that would, should shame the man. I think it's, it's, it's good drawing. And then if I had to pick, do I like action, the, the, the aesthetic of action more than Superman? I don't know if I'd say that, (laughs) but I like it. I, I, I enjoyed Zercher on the first two issues. I thought Kirkman was fine with the first, with, with, with the third issue of Action. Um, this one not as sharp, not 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 as not as key for me. The coloring coloring is making everybody look plasticky. And, oh, I love the coloring. And, and part of it though, it, it almost it's um, I'm, I'm flipping through some of this, and and I'm almost expecting it to be the. Um, uh, the, the Yowie section of previews. 
It just it has that look to me. I not... there is there is a delicacy to some of his work, yeah. yeah. And and everybody, there's a handsome factor. Like his Diana's exceedingly beautiful. Lois is ravishing. Even John has a very handsome air about him where there's a rugged quality to what Gleason and Jimenez were doing in Superman. So yeah, again, counterpoint. It's, I, I think it's, it's preconceived the approach for these books. Why should they look alike? Right? Yeah. They're two different series. Let's try something different. Absolutely. See what works. Yeah. Yeah. Do you now? Okay, I haven't read. Like I said, I, I say this all the time. New Fifty Two is mostly a blank for me. Is this Lex as hero? Now I want to say heroic. Is he honest? Is the should I take Lex's dialogue that I've read so far to be honest? Is he? Does he have a heroic bent to Not him? That I've- well, you read because, the Amazo virus story, didn't you? No, I read the the dark, the dark side. side. All right, so and there were parts of that that led me to believe that okay, he's he's more like our Lex than he is the person that they're trying to make me believe he is. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I believe there are certain. I find there to be some absolutes in in. In most characters and, and Lex Luthor is, is always going to be right. Lex Luthor. There's, there's no. I mean, he shot his sister, right? Didn't he shoot his sister in that one sequence in Dark Side War? With the, with the mother box and. He's trying to save her with the mother box. Did she shoot him? He shot someone. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think it was his sister. But, okay. No, no, um. I'm just giddy at the fact that I'm looking forward to mainstream comics. Hmm. I never thought it, you know, we get to the point where yeah, I'm done with that, but they're making it attractive mm-hmm. at the, with the price point. Um, and the books are good and they're coming out fast, but I, I, I wanted to say this last week and for whatever reason I didn't, we were talking about DC so far, so good, right? They're getting the issues out every two weeks, the ones that are bi-monthly or, or twice a month. Um, nothing is late so far, so people are, are grooving on it. I think it is imperative that whatever plan was in place to produce the trade paperbacks, they got to get rid of that shit. You cannot operate that way right now. They need to get these trades out fast. You, you can't have people go six months. The ones that are, are looking at this from the sidelines saying, wow, there's a lot of buzz at DC. Look at the people are really enjoying these books. I'm going to try those, but I'm going to wait till they, they, they do the trades. If, if the old way of doing things is in place, it's not going to work. If, if they want to generate a, a large readership, they got to get these trades out fast. Do you agree with me? I do. Yeah, the books are coming out so quick too. You can't, it'll be up to issue six in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, you know, like, say a book, uh, like Green Arrow. I'm kind of curious about that. I might buy a trade, but I might be less interested six months from now. <laughs> right. And, and if the, if the, 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 the goal is to get people to buy the singles, then you will do 
well to get the trades out faster because if you do connect through the trades, people are going to read more right now. Yeah. So there's a likelihood of saying they read volume one of, of this, this Superman, right? Oh man, this stuff is great. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want more of this. So they jump from the trade to the singles. I mean, if they love it that much, they're not going to wait another couple months for the trade. They're going to want to read that story right now. So I think it's likely that they will jump from the single, from the trades to the singles. I don't know. J- Jason would probably convince me otherwise were he here. Because that's not the way business is done. But as a, I don't know. I think that I think that's there's a likelihood of that. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, David? What, you're quiet. No, no, no. Because I, no, they they should change their trade policy. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just silly. Marvel does well. Marvel grabs the majority of the market share every month. Marvel gets their trades out fast. Obviously, it's not hurting their monthlies because they're knocking up the points, right? Every month, well, up until now, every month, Marvel's always at the top of the list on their singles, yet their trades come out fast. So it's not hurting them. It feels like a trade for a Marvel series will come out two weeks after the last issue came out. Yeah. It seems like it, right? It feels like it. Maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, instantly I see up two weeks later, it's like, oh, that's the trade for that already. Okay. And what's how long does DC wait to put a trade for the six Forever. issues out? Long time. Four months? Like, I think the trade that they should have had out before they did this rebirth thing was Lois and Clark. I would have bought that because I had no clue going into yeah. this. And, I, you know, and I didn't pick it up. It's still not out. Still. I mean, I paid for it, yeah. but it's not out right. yet. Come on. Well, it gives you a clue as to what's going on now. I think timing is crucial in comics because... We live in an era where people want what they want now. If you could hop on your iPad and download a comic in like 3.5 seconds, you can't let these trades linger. People just aren't going to wait for it. Uh, the the buzz, the, the hi- hype is very powerful. It, uh, as we show with this little monkey that we're riding here, when we, we have seen that when, when David and, and Jason and I are really enthusiastic about a book, people will be like, yeah, I picked that up and it's great and I'm going to stick with it and blah, blah, blah. And if you lose that, that, that energy for whatever reason, you know, you know, publishers, it's, it's exactly that. It's gone. You're never going to get that back again. Whether you eventually publish that trade six or eight months down the line, all that buzz, people have very short, short attention spans and, and even shorter memories, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it about Trump, but, um, <laughs> you, you, you got to strike while the iron's hot. I, I really think if, if, if let's have a rebirth in the, in the trade policies too. Not, not for my sake, but for the sake of, I mean, their own sake, get this stuff out. You're not losing money on it. Or for Marvel, they get into a, uh, you know, an event. And that's usually when I sort of tend to lose interest, to be honest. Yeah, me too. That's Events what happens don't do anything. Yeah. You get four, maybe six, and you hit an event, and then I kind of back off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that, uh, I haven't finished the first issue of Nightwing. I have to read the second, but I'm hoping that this, um, there's already an ad for it. There's this Batman, Batman event. Yeah. Thing. But that's okay by, uh, as far as I'm concerned because it's contained into the Gotham section right. of the, the DC universe. Yeah. That's fine. 
Um, if, now, if they have, but are a you go, are you thing. going to be are you going to be reading Superwoman? You know, that's the one I'm not going to read. So if they, do I say that a, now. right, but if they do a Superman event, yeah, I'll buy it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I wasn't going to read New Superman. Picked up the first issue. You did. Changed my, changed my yeah, mind. You did. I, 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 I pre-ordered them all. It's good? It's very good. Yeah. Well, one issue came out, but that one issue was very good, I thought. Um, I wasn't going to read Supergirl. The damn cyborg Superman's in it. So I pre-ordered the Supergirl. Yeah, we've got Eradicator. We've got Hank Henshaw. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I'm a sucker for that, that, uh, that Jurgens era Superman. I mean, I think that goes, we all, Ooh, have, right? Should we mainline that yeah. shit? That was oh, yeah. nothing yeah. finer. And the art looks great too in that ad. If that's the person who's drawn the whole series or, you know, the first couple issues, I like it. Mm-hmm. Sort of like cartoony manga kind of thing. Yes, which I don't usually was... go for, but this looks nice. No, it's, it's, I, I, it's very pencil-y. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it a lot. And, and it was one of the deciding factors. I'm thinking, all right, if the book looks like this, why not? Yeah. I won't be continuing Titans. Yeah, I read that too. I looked at it in the store, and I can't get over Booth. <laughs> That's I did. Yeah, I wasn't. Sorry yeah. to be honest, but yeah, no, and the it just booth, doesn't do anything for me. Booth didn't. Um, he didn't do anything for me on on the Flash book when New Fifty Two started or Kid yeah, Flash, whatever yeah. it was. So I wasn't. I wasn't really feeling it then, but um, I read Titans because. It's where we can get Wally post rebirth. Yeah. And, uh, so if we're going to find a connection to find out, you know, how he gets back and how everything gets reset, let me check it out. So yeah. it wasn't the booth that bothered me as much as it was every other character that wasn't Wally. Yeah. Wow. What do you mean? I didn't care for Donna. Sure as shit didn't care for Garth. Lilith doesn't do a damn thing for him. It's like, hey, we know you like the Titans and and you like you know Beast Boy and Raven and Star, but they're not in this. So have no, some other Titans in, that you know they're in Teen Titans. I don't care. But it's John Boy, dude. It looks great. No, that's Teen Titans. I'm talking. Yeah, that's what I said. They're in right. Teen Titans. Yeah. I'll check that out because it's John Boy because they're going to have characters I like. But I don't know what the hell happened to this Donna Troy. I don't know. I don't yeah. like. I don't like Roy at all. So oh, every character He never liked Roy. That's not true. Did we? I liked him when he was a junkie. I liked him on that Neil Adams cover, but there are you know, I liked him as Speedy. But I thought this this Roy was true to the character. I mean it, it acknowledged the fact that he's had problems. Yes. Yeah. And he's still kind of as, as Troy last night. It's just it, everything just it, it it sounded it was just it was it was abrasive. I, I could not I, see, I didn't like any of the characters. Well, see, the th- I I wasn't really grooving on the art. It's fine, but it's it, it's not my style, right? right? And um, so, but the thing that drove me through, I read Rebirth and I read uh, Titans number one. The thing that really propelled me through that story was when the lightning, when the Speed Force triggered the memories in each of the Titans. And they went back and they, they showed, um, Robin and, and Wally joyriding in the Batmobile. Like those parts were great. But that story, that's not art, right? Yeah. 
and and the, the you know the 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 part with um with Donna and and Wally and just the pranks that it 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 felt right to me that this is a group that not only were were a squad of superpowered beings that you know band together to right wrongs they were friends too that was the cool part for me but didn't read the uh the titans rebirth i just i I just jumped in with number one and yeah it was basically the same thing but i also wasn't in love with the um spinning out of convergence was also that that titans hunt and if if you're going to name something titans hunt <laughs> I'm, I'm there, man. I'm like, fuck yeah. It's like Vincent Doomsday, Titans Hunt. Oh shit. Make me yeah. room. I'm coming in. And it was, I don't give a shit about the fucking caveman. And I don't care that Roy's drunk and hanging. I'm like, just why? Why is it so hard to just, it's like, here, here are the Titans. It's like, it's like everybody who was, if you were at the wedding of Donna and Terry and you weren't sitting at the dais and you were in like the back fucking tables, those are the Titans <laughs> that are in this fucking book. I don't want to read about these Titans. So. And they even reference Titans Hunt in one of these issues of Titans. Like, so I think it was Roy said something. It's like, if you want to know more about this, read Titans Hunt. Like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> no. No, thank you. I read the first issue. I was like, "What is yeah, this?" Was, that was it. it. Was done. The art was neat, though. But you know, I mean, oh, it was, was nice. But it was. But yeah, no. I'm like, oh, okay. So here's Roy at a convenience store. No, no, pass. See, that, that's this is the one. I mean, this is a cool topic that we can we can riff on. When you you have these these well received stories that that resonated with a good chunk of readers, and then later on down the line. You riff on these stories, and yet you change the formula that worked. Why do they do that? Trying to do something new with it, but it takes away entirely from what you really loved about it to begin with. Right, exactly. It's it's the same but different. Yeah, yeah. It may, it may be Titans Hunt in name, but this is nothing yeah. like the Titans Hunt I remember. Yeah. Damn, I want to read and, that again. Well, that's like uh, well, when Secret Wars right? came back out with. Uh, a couple years ago, yeah. and I saw the name, but then you pick it up. And I... Oh, oh, or or beyond with the Scott Collins thing, and it's like, oh, it's about yeah. Battle World or something. And it's like, wow, yep. this was the so not good. No, I liked it. <laughs> you know, I liked because we talked. Yes, about yes, it. we did talk about it, but and it was neat because you know you had it was gravity, and you had and and there were neat there were neat things in it. Yeah, but and what then was it, thing it definitely okay for me? What was what? What was the thing that made it okay for me? Oh fuck! I'm, I'm superficial, so besides Spider-Man, what was the one thing that was like, okay, the series gets a pass? That's luck. Yeah, that's right. See, yeah, uh, even that, okay. even that, it's like they, and, and I'm not saying they got Deathlock wrong, but it's like even that on paper, when you when you see who's as you're reading it, and you're like, okay, I, I I got an idea as to where they're going with this. But it felt as though they didn't know where they were going with it as the issues were coming out. Right. Before I get to the end of an issue, it's like, this is completely different than how we, st- it was just, no, I, I could not, I, I so wanted to like it, but nah. It wasn't as bad as Omega Flight, but. I didn't read that. Oh, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I think I read, was that very pencil Like, yes. there was no ink on that. Yeah. yeah. I read the first and I was like, nah. I was like, no. yeah. So let's let's swing the the focus to our guest and 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 see what he has been reading. Oh boy! Lately. 
Yeah. Well, I like I said, I did my homework. I did the Superman, which I've been reading and enjoying. I got the Dark Knight. I did pick up the Punisher. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I got. I wasn't able to get issue two, but I got the other three, and I dig it. Uh, David, you might. You're a bigger Punisher fan. I was actually just finally listening to the last episode where you were talking about issue two, which helped me because it filled in the gap for me. Cool. Uh, I like it. Uh, I'm not a big Punisher fan. So this was, this is unusual for me to be reading this. But, uh, I like what Clunan's doing. I like how it's a very simple approach to the story. Um, you kind of went over it real good setting it up with the issue two last time. I don't want to necessarily go beat for beat on issue four. Did you, did you read it? I did read issue four. Yeah, uh, you, you, you'll do a better description than I would, but uh, I well, for one thing, I felt bad for the uh, the, uh, the lieutenant that fell out of the helicopter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sucked. But uh, for it's not, yeah, yeah, it's it's not as violent as I had heard it was. Even from you guys and some other reviews I read, it seemed to be like, oh, this is a really batshit crazy Punisher series. I didn't really think it's, I don't think it's that bad necessarily. I was expecting more, I guess. I was expecting it to be bloodier for some oh, reason. Okay. Yeah, I, it's, I guess I don't like the Punisher because of the violence, but I felt like this didn't have enough of it. <laughs> Which is <laughs> fucked up maybe, I don't know. Now, is this in the Marvel U, like, okay, even the Max series was in the Marvel U, right? It was on the front, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the Max That's, series was, you weren't, you didn't get any, Cameos, but yeah. yes, it was, it, it was, yeah, it, it, but this isn't on the periphery. This is smack dab in the middle. It's, of yeah, movie. I'm pretty sure it's, it's in the Marvel universe. It, it, it's not a max title. There's no map. There isn't a max, but it, it says in, in big bold letters on the cover, parental advisory, not underscored for kids. But how come they can't curse in the max series? They cursed, didn't they? That was that thing because max was for adults. Okay. So they, that was their rated R line. They're not, um, I mean, obviously this isn't for kids. It's not, yeah. <laughs> they're not, um, and they'll show somebody getting shot in the neck, but yeah, they won't, um, they, they won't say fuck. Um, yeah. But you know, when it, you, you, Dylan has a knack for, Drawing someone who you know is about to say what you're, what you know they're going to say just by drawing, just by the look on their face. Well, his eyes, he does the eyes so well. Yes. His eyes are very emotional. Like they, they really convey what the character is thinking or saying. And whether they're wide or angry or just, yeah, yeah, they, it could be, it could be an upset issue. There's, um, there is just, uh, there's, I mean, and, and there are some things that do kind of happen off panel, like when, when, um, in the fourth issue, when, when Face and company decide to just fire on the, the police, um, you, you see blood splatter, but you don't see the bullets hit the body. The panel hides one, it's, it's towards the end of the issue and, and the, um, yes. And, and, and you just see the hand dropping the gun. So, um, they, they definitely, it, it's it's like a PG thirteen horror movie where you don't see everything happen and and uh, and you get to you know what's happening you just you don't need to see it so uh, I'm 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 fine with that the fourth issue 
yeah, I mean, with the second issue, we met um, Juniper and and her uh, her fuck of a father, and and the uh, sort of third issue picks up where that leaves off, and yeah, and he's trying to set a, a set a trap for Frank, um, but Frank ain't no fool, so the uh, the third issue is kind of Frank dealing with that and the um and juniper juniper gets away um dad not so much and no, that was a great little sequence that I, absolutely I like was that. Yeah. like he's like you, you're going to you, you won't you can't do that in front of a little girl. Well, and he said, yeah. like, he, he set up a smoke screen. So, I mean, like nobody can see anything. Yeah. And, and Juniper is out, um, a few feet away from where her father's standing. Frank gets up behind him, uh, with a knife to his throat. And, uh, and he tells dad tells Juniper, just, just stand, stand right where you are. Don't you move. And, um, and and so Frank is basically interrogating this dumb shit, and he um, he's like, "So you're gonna you're gonna kill me in front of my little girl?" He's like, "No, because she ain't gonna see a thing." So he he slowly backs further into the gas and yeah. uh, into the smoke and and kills Dad. Takes the uh, the bomb vest off of Juniper, and then they um, they go for a drive, and uh, and while they're they're trying to get away. Uh, that's when Face and company show up, and then that leads into into the fourth issue, uh, which is basically one one long car chase uh, and a helicopter, and uh, and it's it's not over yet. You know, the fourth issue ends, and 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 we're going to go into the fifth issue. But but at least with the fourth issue. The characters we've been introduced to and the way things have been setting up in the first issue were now, um, things are going to start to, to come together. Everybody's eventually going to, to meet at the same place at the same time. Uh, it won't be pretty and I'll, um, I'll be there lapping every, every single page up, but, uh, Dylan is still, still on fire with this. He, he, he looks absolutely amazing. I, I'm not ready to compare Clunan to Garth or Baron or Rucka or, or any Punisher writer yet. Uh, I'll wait until at least the first arc is done. But she, it's not so much a, whereas other writers gotta really get into Frank Castle's head and, and show you his world from, from his eyes. We're not, Clunan isn't doing that yet. She's, she's, painting a picture of, of, of Frank's world and you're getting, you're getting to know everybody else because you kind of already know who Frank Castle is. Uh, so yeah, I'm not going to say that, Oh, she's one of the greatest Punisher writers ever, but it's, um, it's, it's slightly different from past Punisher stories. So, uh, I, I consider that uh, a positive. Well, I think that's the approach that when I say simple, that's what I mean. And I agree with you. You don't get a lot of in- interior monologue on him. And I kind of like that. He's just like this force going through it. And there's not a lot of other things happening, which I don't mind. I appreciate that. And it's just this one story with the face and the the drugs. And Frank is just going through it. 
He's just yep. mowing his way through the through the whole plot, basically. And it's fun to read. It was a fun read. Agreed. And you get some ice cream at the end for the for the little girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ice cream. She's happy. That's always fun. Yeah. David has a way of convincing you to read a book. Oh, stop. Well, he, he does. He told me I had to. Oh, well, that's <laughs> different. Horrible. He he does get rough at times too. Look, this is what you got to read. You got to do this. <laughs> you got. You want to come on? <laughs> you got to know the dance. Nah, well, I, I did read something else. That oh, good. isn't a Marvel or a DC or a Valiant. Oh, oh good. This uh, will make the show notes interesting. What's that? This will make the show notes interesting. I hope so. I know <laughs> it's a little Jim Rugg thing that I picked up. What'd you get? Uh, this is maybe about two months old now, and I got it when it came out, and I've, I've been lazy about reading it like I am with lots of things. But I sat down and finally did, and it's amazing. I really loved it. It's, uh, what is this called? The Street Angel Gang? Did you, did you guys didn't talk about this already, right? No, Jason hasn't, and yeah, no, I, <clears> I missed it. Okay. Is it okay if I go into it a little bit? Yeah. Uh, who published this? This is, I think it's just him. Jimrug.com. Right? Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm looking at the back right now. I don't see a company. I just see Jimrug.com. Uh, copyright Jim. And Brian cool. Maruka. 2016. Ah, nice. <coughs> Excuse me. It's a little zine type of situation. Full color though. And, uh, this is about the street angel getting into a gang called the Bleeders. And you really get, it, it's a fun, simple one and done. And street angel is badass through the entire thing. She just wants to eat. And, you know, like the gang puts up a, a sign on the street post saying, you know, come join the bleeders. And at the very, at the bottom of the, of the post on the, on the, on the street, it says, you know, snacks provided. It goes to this whole list of how to get into the gang and everything, you know, we're going to do everything for you. This future of the city and it's duty to serve the bleeders. And then at the very bottom, snacks provided. So that's what really gets the street angel into wanting to get down with this gang is the free snacks. And, <laughs> She goes to the meeting and she's just chomping on pizza while all these badass people are around, you know, thinking they're all tough and she could give a shit about any of them. She's just eating the pizza. And I love it. Every time you get a new introduction to one of the bleeder gang members, you get like a little baseball card stat inlay oh, in, neat. The, yeah. in the page, you know what I mean? Like it's separate and just in there. And what do we got? Like Dan Gusage, he's the uh, the leader, and he throws bats, knives. He shoots. He shoots right-handed. You got actual stats for years from '07 to '15. Uh, his ERA, you know, for beating people up. It's great. Yeah, that's cool. It's great. And I, well, I don't want to give away the end, obviously, nothing like that. But I will say this here: if you, you know, I got the super deluxe pack. And Jim hmm. is a beast, and he puts this thing together, and this was one of the most beautiful packages I've, I've gotten in a while. Because for, I think it was $20, I got the actual zine, full color, right? Then I get uh, the sketch pad edition, where it's his breakdowns. Ooh. It's a slightly bigger, uh, no color, but it's on this beige paper, and you can see the grid line paper that he was using to sketch this on. And this is just, you know, a peek into the process. And then to go further into the process, you also get the script. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, three different books. And the script is typed out, but all throughout the script, you see his little sketches. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of scripts, but that would make it worthwhile. You would love this, Vince, because it's total, it's just the, it's the genesis. You know, he wrote it first, obviously, because it's all typed out, but then you see where he goes in and breaks everything down. And there's, the little doodles are over the typed pages. Oh, boy. Uh, this is brilliant. Ah. I love this. This is maybe my favorite part of the whole thing. Uh, you know, that's the thing about Rug. He, he ah. inv- invests so much attention to everything he does. Yes. Yes. Um, have you seen his, um, drawing? And I think it was in Ballpoint. Of that 11. He did. Oh, 11. Oh, God, it's done. Yeah. Ah. Everybody's yeah. been drawn 11. That was, I think, maybe my favorite one. Yeah. That was a great one. I have to say, much love to Scotty Young, but I did like the rug a little bit more than Scotty. <laughs> uh, Scotty did the whole crew, right? And he, uh, he did more than one. Oh, he did? Okay, I saw the so one. Five, then he did, I think he did one of 11, then he did one of the kids. Like, he's been, Scotty enjoyed it did to the point where- Did you see the, uh, the one by Otley of the monster? No. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. Well, that show like took over the internet. <laughs> good. Well, yeah, when good shit happens. Yeah. yeah. And and again, I have to agree with the sen- sentiments of some people. Like this thing came totally out of the blue. Yeah. Like we didn't even know it was you know no hype, no nothing. That's the way it should be. I knew nothing about it until Vince yep. you put up that poster image and that thing alone. I was like, okay. I'm yep. into this. Right off that poster image that you put up. It was like the old sort of, what is that? John Williams, right? Is that his name? No, that's the composer. Who's the guy that did all the poster art for, uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones? Struzman. Struzman, yes, yeah. sorry. Uh, you know, it just sort of had that vibe to it, the 80s. And just seeing that poster image alone got me on board. Right. And it really. I felt the same way. And I don't take, like, I don't watch much TV, but I, you know, I was looking for something to watch. And I saw that it was horror and they said Spielberg, yeah. which is not a, not a draw for me. But then they said Stephen King and Twin Peaks was mentioned. I'm like, all right, I'll give this a shot. Yeah. Ten minutes in the first episode, I was, whoop, I'm done. I'm in, I'm in for eight. Yeah, I was and done in like two so, days. Yeah. And, and there's been a, a, just a shit ton of crossover. Now I'm seeing people who, you know, don't really dig on comics or that kind of stuff at all. They're talking about Stranger Things. Everybody, it's a great show. Yep, I, I I hope they can replicate the process for the second season. Yeah, me too. Yep. I don't see why they why they shouldn't be able to, but um, yeah, it, it's just so great. If they can't, it would be an enormous letdown because they just destroyed it so well on this first season. I can't. I have so much faith in them now after this. I right, can't see how right. they can't come back with the second and have it be yeah. even better, maybe. And if they don't. If, if, if they find, like, something happens along the line, they don't produce a second season, I think what they, they have produced is, is more than enough. Yeah. It, it, this is one that will go down as, yeah, it's a great little eight hour miniseries. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of it has to do maybe with, you know, the movies haven't been that great this summer. And here you got an eight hour movie. That yeah. fucking kicked ass. And that's basically free. That's basically free. And yeah. you know, I haven't been that stoked on too many I haven't had much of a theater experience this summer. But that to me was the best movie that came out this summer. Yep. With the exception of Star Trek. We can get into that if David wants to, because I'm in love with this new movie. 
Are you going to see it, Vince? Um, yes, but probably not until it comes out on disc. So okay. have at it. I, I won't remember anything you guys have said when I watch it. Unless you say, you know, wow, that part where Uhura picks up the gun and blows Kirk's brains out. <laughs> then I would remember that. But, um, it's, no, it's no, crazy no. that it did that. That actually happened, Vince. Sorry. <laughs> well, you guys do it. Do it. So, how do you feel about the movie, Daniel? I really enjoyed it. I mean, uh, I'll try to be a little less spoilery here for Vince, but, uh, man, it was maybe close to being my favorite one of the three. I'd have to see it a couple more times. It's going to take a lot to top the 09 one. I'm not even getting into the whole Star Trek, all the movies, because that's a different story. Right. But uh, out of these new three, uh, I really, really love what they did. It was the exact thing I kind of wanted to happen with two. And I know, you know, we were talking about that a little bit before, and I don't have huge issues with two. I love it. I love it. I will not shit talk that movie. There's definitely, like we were saying, a scene or two in there that sort of make me cringe a little bit, but I, I don't dislike that movie at all. But what I think that three did really well was what I wanted was that, uh, we got into it. They're in the five year mission. They get along and then we're seeing them together and the characters are growing together. You know, that was maybe my one sort of issue with two where you had this big emotional beat in it and it didn't feel earned. I feel like this was the movie where we got to earn that. And, and see them getting along and working together. Uh, do you, is that how you kind of felt with it at yeah, all? Yeah, no, it was, um, seeing the, the relationship with the crew grow and, and mature. Uh, yeah. it felt right. It was, yeah, I think that, um, I, like, I don't know if it's, it's hard for me to say that it would be my favorite because you couldn't have this movie without the ones that, I mean, you can watch this movie because you get everything you need to know. It's, it's, you know, they're, they're halfway through the five year mission and, and this is a, they're, uh, getting a little still crazy, some cabin fever and, and they're, um, they're looking for some normalcy. So all of that is explained early on and, and you get hit with the action and, and everybody, Nobody's one note and nobody, there's nothing cookie cutter about it. Everybody's got a unique voice. Everybody looks great. So it just, it's, it's a, it's a real good movie that you can watch if you haven't seen the first two movies. But as far as, as someone who, if, if you did see the first two movies, then this is a, uh, it just feels like a real right progression. And, yes. uh, it's, you know, yeah, there are, and, and just like everybody who had a problem with, with the second one or even the first one, uh, there are, there are people who are going to have problems with the third, primarily the waste of, uh, one particular actor in the movie, uh, who everybody was really looking forward to seeing when it was announced that he was going to be in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, uh, you know, which, which I can. Can I guess? Sure. Is Patrick Stewart in it? No. <laughs> um. And it's not Q. Oh, okay. Um, no, it is not Patrick Stewart, but it's, uh. That is the, the, the thinnest part of the movie. 
Oh, his 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 reason for being and everything. Uh, yeah, or, even or his just, motivation. His, all of it. That that was like the the weakest link in it. But not you know not in a terrible way. I don't right. Think yeah. No. It silly. didn't. I mean, it it's it wasn't. It the didn't point. hinder the movie for me. It didn't make me dislike it during his scenes or what that story. I wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't able to follow it. You know, but it, it definitely felt like the weakest link out of the whole thing. But I liked that though because then it gave us more time with the crew. Right. That's and why that was, I didn't mind that. I mean, when you have, you had moments with, uh, with, with Chekhov and Scotty, you had moments with Sulu and Yahura. Kirk was just, he, I think, I think Pine now owns that role. I mean, yes. not, not, not from Shatner, but now I think he's, he's comfortable being this this Captain Kirk in this, in this Kelvin verse, that this is now, now he's, I mean, I'm not saying he was playing dress up in the first two movies, but he, he, he owned it. And it was, um, what? what? <laughs> you make me laugh playing dress up. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can look the part and, and just wear yeah. the clothes, but so uh, handsome dude. Yeah. We'll say yeah. that oh, handsome well, dude. That, that towards the end and without giving anything away, but you know, he's being offered something there towards the end and, that, you know, that look on his face, he, he's Kirk in yeah. that scene. And he's an older Kirk and he's a, a wiser Kirk and a stronger one. And it was really like, yes, this is what I wanted. Yeah. I mean, and it didn't feel like, you know, every time, every time a ship gets offered to Riker, it either gets blown up or, or something happens where it's like, well, I guess I'll just stick around on the Enterprise now being, being first officer. But, yeah. uh, the, the, the moments between Bones and Spock were just flawless. I just, there, there were, just, and the whole, the whole horseshit scene, man. I I could watch that on on repeat. Just just give me a loop of that. That was yep. uh, it was it was just really really. I, it's it's a it might be a bit landlocked for people who like that spacefaring stuff, but uh, it's there's a reason for it. It serves a purpose. Uh, I'm not saying you couldn't get that these same exchanges, these same experiences. If, um, if, if they were fighting the Klingons in space, but as from where we, we needed to get to, I think everything, everything worked out. Um, even if they did throw a motorcycle in there, it was, it was just a really, um, it was a good time. I, I really enjoyed it. And I had, yeah, I, it's Star Trek. So it's, it's something that, I'd be seeing and it, it again. It, it's like Vincent Doomsday. You just you put it in front of me, and, and I'm going to just. I, I can't live that. No, down. you're not going to. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't expect to. So it's it's um, you know. So it, it's I I never go in thinking you know okay well well that's not true. I don't want to say never because I did see five in the theater and I was quite happy when six came out. So I will say that you know I I saw. Into darkness and fine with that. So I didn't have, I didn't watch any trailers after the, um, I don't even know if I saw the first one. No, yeah. When they, when they finally announced like the first trailer, um, uh-huh. I think it was even Mario. He was just like, don't watch it. It, and, uh, it, it bummed me out. I, I was so, pretty bummed after right. that. Right. And, and I, and I got that sense that people weren't. Uh, 
not that they weren't excited for, but yeah, so there was, there was a bit of a letdown because of how, how Into Darkness made everybody feel that, that didn't like it. And, and now there was this and it's, you know, Abrams has nothing to do with it. And it's, uh, well, not nothing, but Abrams isn't right. directing it. And, and, and the guy from Fast and Furious is directing it. And oh joy, that's going to be great. So yeah. there were, you know, so it, it's like everybody just started throwing shit on top of it. And I was just like, well, I, I don't care. I'm just, I'm going to see it and judge it and, and, and do that. But, you know, I, I had no, I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know, aside from a couple of posters, I had no idea who the aliens were going to be. Um, and I, I had an absolute blast. You know, the, the, the two things that I disliked the most about the first trailer ended up being, again, it's hard without giving anything away, but they ended up being some of like the, maybe the, my two favorite pieces of the movie and i think you kind of because you saw that trailer right with the motorcycle is one thing i, I love oh, that no i didn't i didn't movie. okay oh you didn't see it no. okay well even then it's even harder to explain but uh the two things about that first trailer that i despised upon watching the movie they ended up being my two favorite sequences in the movie <laughs> you know what i mean yep uh the motorcycle we've already talked about that and then the uh the song i'll say that much oh yeah you know, that was heavily featured in that first trailer and it really made me cringe when this goes on in the movie though. That was a, a but really it, fun uh, scene. If I worked. had, I, if I had heard the song in the trailer, I, I kind of, I don't associate it with Star Trek, but I, that's just a callback to the first movie when, right. when, when Kirk steals his uncle's car. So it's, um, or was it a stepfather? But yeah, it was just, he, oh, yeah. he, um, you know, so, so that song is, I'm reminded of that song now. And, and when it did, yeah, when it did come on in the movie, I was like, that's, that's fantastic. Or and how that, the, how they used it really was yeah awesome. <laughs> right. Right. And that's another reason why I hate trailers. Cause you never know what you're going to, what it is you're looking at it out of context and everything, but and and the fact that they call it classical music, I was just like, I'm I'm done. That was, yep. that was fantastic. Well, I was I was listening to a, another show today with uh, they were interviewing Simon Pegg, and it was a spoiler discussion about the movie. And I remember when that first trailer came out, he had some negative things to say. He was like, "Look, don't worry about it. This is you know, it's going to be a good Star Trek movie." He was sort of trying to you know help out the fans who were kind of like, "What the fuck is this?" that were kind of turned off by that first trailer. But it was interesting in the interview today. He's like, no, he's like, what I was really pissed about was that they put that song in the trailer because it, it was such a strong beat in the movie that he didn't want to like ruin it, you know? Uh, okay. And, uh, I, I, now I can kind of see what his, you know, his issue with it, because that really was such a, a fantastic sequence in the movie. Yeah. Vince, are you like a big Star Trek fan or are you just, just the movie, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know the show too well, but the movies I'm a fiend for. I love the original series and some of the movies. Okay. I begrudgingly, I, I enjoyed the first one. I love two and three. Yeah. Four's okay. Oh. They lost, they lost me after four. I, I like four, but it, I mean, if I had to pick from, you know, the original cast, I would go with two. Just like, like most people, right? right. I think Rathacon is great. Two is epic. It's a, yeah. it's a great movie. Um, 
I'm not a fan of Next Generation. I, I think for the most part, it's, it's kind of boring. Well, it was half of one good movie, I think. The, uh, first contact. Yeah. Everything with, uh, Zephyr, uh, on Earth was great. And then the Borg stuff, it was just sort of like an episode. Yeah, I mean, I, even the series I don't care for. I would, I would rather watch Deep Space Nine yeah. than, than the next, but than next the generation. After, after Gene died and there was a slight change in tone on Next Generation, it, it definitely got better. After like the fourth season, third or fourth season, I think is when Next, next Generation really kicked in and those I can watch anything. I, I can enjoy the show. I mean, the first couple seasons are are rough, especially and then and then Pulaski comes on as Doctor, and I was just like, no. But yeah. I enjoy the show more than I enjoy the Next Generation movies. Yeah, I don't like yeah. the movies at all. Yeah, but no, I mean the the original series. Uh, if I had to rank them, I love the original series. I love the cartoon. It's on Netflix. Based on the, based on the original series. Yeah, I've been meaning to go to that. I haven't seen that yet, and I want to watch those. Yeah. Well, based, based, judging from today's animation standards, yes, they're very dated. But I think the stories in that series are great. Yeah. Um, not so much love for everything. Um, other between, um, the 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 last episode of the original series, I like these new movies a lot. Mm-hmm. I think um, I love Into Darkness. I like it better than the first one. Really? Uh, I think. Yeah, I think the first ten minutes are perfect. That scene where they're oh, running the through planet? the water. Yeah. Oh, when it's in that. the water, the ship. That's in the, uh, yeah, that scene is just breathtaking. So cool. And, and, you know, based on my love for Ratha Khan, I really like the, I, I think the first one was great. Second one was awesome. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to this one as well. Yeah. And I think, um, the cast is, is, is great that they, they lined up for these movies. I think they do a great job at it. Yep. Yep. Bones is I'm awesome. Yeah, he oh, is. Yeah. You, mean, you mean Dread? Yeah, yeah Dread. Yeah. What's his real name? I can't think of Carl it. Carl Urban. Yes. Oh. He was great in Born Identity. Um, uh, the Born Supremacy. He was good in... Um, I love him in The Two Towers. He was great in The Two Towers. He was really good in Red. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed just the better. He's great in Dread, too. He's oh. awesome in Dread. He is yeah, Dread, man. That was so perfect. They need to do another movie with him. As yeah, yeah. I agree. I want to shift the focus. Do it. Yeah. I want to talk about the goat. <laughs> I knew this the was coming. Greatest of all time, yep. Alan Moore. Yep. <laughs> I I am loving Cinema Purgatorio from Avatar. It's a little expensive, but it's prestige format. Uh, you get Alan Moore, Garth Ennis. Max Brooks, Kieran Gillen, Christos Gage. Um, I, I've talked about this before. I've read issue three and four of Cinema Purgatorio. The stuff that Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill are doing in this is really cool. It's the lead story. It's the it's the entire focus of the when you, when you look at um, the whole Cinema Purgatorio thing. Uh, it's an anthology, but they can be seen as serials. Like the old fashioned serials. So, uh, the, the setup is there is an actual cinema purgatorio where the reader in this case is ushered, ushered into where they experience all these ongoing serials 
that follow. But um, in issue three, Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill do this thing about the flame of remorse. It's it's a it's a serial, uh, which for those who don't know, way 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 back in in the early days of cinema, uh, studios would produce serials, which were continued shorts that preceded feature films. And um, in this one, the the it's a pulp ish or a pulp inspired hero called the flame of remorse and they they do a rundown of who appears in the 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 short and the flame of remorse is played by himself (laughs) so there's a real person in this universe running around as the flame of remorse and that's the whole thing with this this short that o'neill and and Moore do they play with reality like crazy and i think it's amazing what they do um flame of remorse is a hero. He's got a, a, a plucky sidekick named Dita. Huh. And they're, they're going after, uh, this, this villain named Joe Casey. He's a Lex Luthor-ish villain, bald guy, but he's, he's building a vanishing gun to pilfer precious metals. That's all you really need to know, right? So when this serial opens, Joe Casey has, I don't know if there's anything intended on that. Other than, you know, it's a familiar name for those who read comics. Uh, he's, he's on a rooftop and he has the, the flame of remorse bent over the ledge and he's, 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 they're battling each other and half of the panel is devoted to the, the, the vehicles that are passing by on the street below and they look like they're really high up. I mean, these vehicles are tiny and the Joe Casey, throws the flame of remorse off the building. You're like, okay, he's dead. But in the next panel, he lands on egg boxes, boxes filled with eggs. And and this old man, this shopkeeper says, hey, look out. And they show the the, the entire length of the the distance that the, the flame of the the flame of remorse fell. And it's not it looks like it's not even a floor. He looks like he fell maybe about Six feet. So, and it's like, wait, Joe Casey goes, wait, I, I thought that was, that was higher than, than it was. And that's where the reality playing with starts. Like they, Joe Casey kidnaps, I'm going to call him that the whole time. I'm not going to call him Joe or Kate. I'm going to call him Joe Casey. <laughs> Joe Casey kidnaps Dita and they bring her back to their hideout. But as they're doing it, they, they, they run the flame of remorse off the road and his car goes over the cliff and explodes. And Joe Casey's like, ah, we got him. Son of a bitch. This is awesome. We're free and clear now. And Deed is like, yeah, okay. You know, you can gloat, but the flames devices can expand time. And in the next panel, we see something we've already seen, which was the flames car trailing Joe Casey's car. And the flame, instead of going over the cliff, he jumps out of the car. And you see the car go over the cliff. He's like, aha. And Joe Casey's like, what the fuck? What? Wait a minute. What the hell just happened? And it gets worse. They bring Dita into um, their their hideout. And they set her up on this chair with a shotgun in front of her. And on the trigger is a string. They tie it to the door. So when the, the flame of remorse opens the door, he 
unwittingly kills his gal Friday. And it happens. You see the shotgun blow Dita away. And in the next panel, you see the black, the, the not the black flame, the flame of remorse beating the crap out of Joe Casey's henchman because he did that time thing again. This, this eight pages are nuts. You don't know what's real. You don't know what's not. This is, this is what I love about Alan Moore. And the, the, the flame screws up with the second attempt to the, but it seems like he screwed up because the, the shotgun blows apart someone who looks like Dita, but in fact it's not. It's one of Joe Casey's henchmen. See the flame spun time back to the point where he had enough time to get Dita out of the chair, get one of Joe's henchmen, dress him as a woman, put him in the chair. <laughs> and like nobody knows what's going on. And Joe Casey goes crazy because of all the, the time manipulation in this thing. It's, this is, I, you need to read, I mean, it, not if you're a horror fan, if you're a fan of really good experimental comics, you should read Cinema Paradisia, or Cinema Purgatorio, because it's, it's, it's unlike, this is unlike anything Moore has done. And they're, they're short, you know what I mean? You, you, you get the whole theater, thing going on in the first chapter but then there's other things like code pru which i absolutely adore i've talked about this before about the the emt working on um uh fantasy type creatures and i mean that the more thing is reason enough to pick up this book it's a bit on the expensive side though 48 pages square bound started off as 599 now it's going to 699 which may stretch some people's budgets, but not when you use what? This is yes. Yes, discount comic book service. And in issue four, Alan Moore uses the King Kong armature made by Willis O'Brien and speaks through the armature as Willis O'Brien. It's nuts. Like he goes through, well, if you know Willis O'Brien, the animator, who, uh, stop motion animator, who did King Kong and, uh, Lost World, had some dealings with Thomas Edison. I mean, King Kong is one of the f- most famous movies ever, right? Rightly so. But the character of Willis O'Brien speaks through the armature of King Kong as it's battling dinosaurs. Why wouldn't you read this? Only Alan Moore could come up with something like that. It sounds crazy. It's it's nuts. It is. It's nuts. And it, uh rendered by Kevin O'Neill. It's so beautiful. Beautiful stuff. I mean, this team this is one of the 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 most amazing teams in comics. Kevin O'Neill and Alan Moore. I mean, look what they've done. Right? And they continue to hit these highs, but it's not it's this is unlike League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It's so far removed from that. It's not even funny. But it's still, there's still that magic going on between these two gentlemen that I hope continues like forever. <clears throat> Avatar, Cinema Paradiso, it's brilliant stuff. I'm going to get it. Yeah, I, I think you'll like it a lot. I really do. Um, it's, it's, it exists in two worlds. It's highbrow with the more stuff, but then, I mean, if you like giant monsters and horror, 
uh, it does get a little cerebral with the Max Brooks thing. It's, it's a civil war story, but the opponent is ants, giant ants. <laughs> you, you just have to read it. I, 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 there, there are parts of history that are mirrored in the story, but obviously it diverges wildly from what has come before because the opponent are ants. It, it doesn't sound like it makes sense, but when you read it, it's like, oh, okay, you know, this, this could work. Uh, then you have kaiju and you know standard horror in the form of code pru it's a great series i'm i'm kind of stunned that it's coming out from avatar because it's not in line with their i mean this is not crossed there's nobody raping somebody with a dick on a on a baseball bat you know what i mean it's 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 almost tasteful i hesitate to say that because there's a chestburster scene in issue 3 there's a lot of gore in the in the the Crowed Prue story, but other than that, I mean, this is these are just great comics, really well done comics from Avatar. Alan Moore still still going, and, still putting out yeah, good stuff. Oh, he yeah, I mean, this is he does what he chooses to do, yeah. right? I'm a little worried about Jerusalem. I want to read it, but 1,300 pages. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, his, his upcoming, well, I think it's published. His, his novel, his second novel, Jerusalem, is 1300 pages long. I don't know. That's, that's a stretch. That's a lot for me. Yeah. If it, if it's anything like, um, his first, uh, what was it? The Flame, what was it called? The first novel? I, I've, I've read it and I can't honestly tell you what it's about. I, I I don't remember. It was it was a, it was a slog. But he is the goat, so he is. He well, is. It, it, here's a question: If Alan Moore, with all the the business with the big two, and he's got issues there, we all know that. But if he could come back to either one of the two companies, did more for DC. Did he? What did he do for Marvel? Anything? Captain Britain. That's Britain. So if he were to say, I'm going to do one mainstream DC or Marvel book, which, which one would you guys love character for him to come back and do a story with? Back to Superman or, or Captain I'm kind Britain? of selfish. I want to see him do Justice League. Ah, that would be Because cool. then you get, every, you get everybody, yeah. right? Yep. Oh, that, I don't know if I'd want him to see him do, I don't know if I'd want to see him do Justice League. Because his his Superman, he loves taking Cal to the dark side. Oh shit! Yeah. And I don't know if I can have all of all seven of those heroes be taken to that extreme. Which teases something that David and I are reading for a forthcoming episode. We're we're reading that Alan Moore. Whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow trade, which includes that and Annual Eleven. Ah, that's one of my favorite uh, comic books ever. Yeah, for the man who has everything. Ah, I love that book. It, it, it also contains the Swamp Thing issue. DC Comics presents huh. yeah. Superman's team up book. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if um, I'm not big on on Rick Veach drawing Superman. Stop! Although, stop! Back up. 
<laughs> no, that issue is that issue's flawless. That's, you're funny. Uh, you are he, so he did an amazing job with Superman. He did a job. Come on. The, uh, <laughs> the, I can't win. No, you can't, can't win. win. And, you know, no, we can, yeah. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I can get it out of the way now just because it won't, I don't want it to mar our discussion when we have it, but as much as I love, love every story in this collection, I was reminded when I got to the annual, um, I'm not a big fan of Gibbons' Wonder Woman. Kind of harsh. A little harsh looking. Yeah. Yeah, she's a little bulky. Yeah. yeah. In tough. The, yeah. In the hips and the... Well, let's uh, be honest. Gibbons does not draw the most No, no, he doesn't. I mean, but the men. I mean, his, 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 his Superman his Rob- is amazing. His Robin. Yeah. That's... Yep. One yeah, of the of visions of Robin in my head is that, that Dick Gibbons doing that. Yeah, even though it is Jason Todd. Yeah, it's the look, it's the costume. Um, it's the outfit. But I can, but that. Even Laurie in, in uh, Watchmen. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> not all that. It, no. I mean, she's, she's somewhat attractive, but I don't know if it's the costume, but yeah, not, you know, she's not a breathtaker. No, no, no she is. Um, yeah. They, <laughs> they did the honest trailer for, for Watchmen, I almost pissed my pants. I still like um, the movie. I like I would, it a we're, lot. We're trying to stay upbeat. So the, <laughs> um, but so what were we talking about? Oh, um, has Alan Moore ever focused on Wonder Woman exclusively? Like, did he ever do a, a Wonder Woman one shot or a special or a? I don't believe he has. I don't believe he has. That would be great because you know, with his love of the occult, that he would invest. Oh, that would be some freaky shit. Yes, yes, or or, I should say the esoteric. He he would put a lot of. um, She'd probably worship a snake puppet god instead of you know because I mean that's his thing, but I think it would be brilliant. I I think if Alan Moore had free reign over Wonder Woman, if paired with the right artist. I think it would be exceptional. Yeah. Um, Marvel, I'll be honest, Marvel doesn't deserve Alan Moore. They, they just don't. I don't know if it's so much they don't deserve him as, as, as I don't think it would be a, um, I don't think it would be the right fit. I mean, he, no. he could probably, he, I, I can't, obviously he could because he's the goat, but I, I don't, I, I can't imagine what a, a, a Alan Moore Spider-Man story would be like. Well, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't want to see Alan Moore take a stab at the Fantastic Four. It could Four. be amazing. A Fantastic Four by Moore would be. Yeah, probably. I could, Fantastic I could see him doing Hulk. Um, but I'm thinking like the old era Hulk, the Bill Mantlow style Hulk, not, not any of the, the, not, not smart Hulk, just cause I could see that being dark. Um, you see, for me, there's very little difference in Smart Hulk, or um, not so Smart Hulk and Man Thing, because when your when your main character is dumb as a bag of bricks, the 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 storytelling is thrown on either the supporting cast or the narrator, right? It's the same thing with Man Thing. He doesn't speak. He doesn't think. So the the bulk the the heavy lifting falls on the narrator. I think that would be the same thing with with dumb as 
a Hammer Hulk. Yeah. And, and more would be wasted unless he went the Gerber route and, you know, was the omnipotent narrator and took it that way. Then it didn't, I mean, the guy's magic, whatever he does. So I'm just blowing smoke on my ass. So, I agree with that. Which, which I, I tend to do. Um, but yeah, I don't think I could, um, he's kind of pretty much done everything with Superman. So I don't know if we have to go back because once, once you tell the last story and the annual, there's, what else do you yeah, do? Yeah, so there's yeah. there's nothing to... Uh, I'm sure he figures something out, though. Yeah. Yeah, but that's why. He didn't. He doesn't necessarily have to focus on Superman with the Justice League. He could, you know, make... An, uh, uh, why not Aquaman, you know? Turn out the... Uh, um, <laughs> the, the Mary Allen. I would, like, I would like a Flash story. Or, or, yeah, or, you know, why not? It's cool. I would like to see that, but you know, the chances of him ever going back yeah, yeah. to DC are slim to none. Yeah. Yeah. How about Valiant? What could Alan Moore do with the Valiant universe? Oh my God! There, scared, my, scared myself <laughs> thinking. I almost poked me in the eye with that one. Really? Oh my goodness! <laughs> Stop! I'm not doing anything. Excited? You are. You're all about it. Want to bring this bad boy home? Well, you've waited another four minutes. I can wish you a happy birthday. Well, on the way. Yeah, we didn't do in your travels yet, so there's a good four minutes. True. So by the time we get to the end, I was hoping you know to get to. All right. Yes. No, I was I was prolonging it just for this reason. I'm dying for a cigarette. We got to get going soon. Oh. You're a much better man than I, my friend. As usual, this episode has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your comics, get them fast, get them cheap, and get them delivered right to your door, such as the Young Animal Bundle you get. Cave Carson has a Cybernetic Eye, number one, Shade the Changing Girl, number one, why not? And Doom Patrol, number two, for a paltry $5.97. The Conan Omnibus Volume 1, Birth of a Legend from Dark Horse. This is the Kurt Busiek Carrie Nord run, which is awesome. $12.49 for a massive 472-page omnibus. And from Image Comics, Reborn Number 1, Greg Capullo, Mark Miller, new series. Do you need to know anything else? $1.99. In your travels. I was so stoked to get this issue of draw it's issue 32 nice the spotlight falls on howard porter this issue and there's one thing that broke my heart they ask him hey when you were doing justice league 3000 were you still doing traditional pencils or were you doing digital pencils and howard replies on that and i still almost do it this way i would do thumbnails on the computer in a page template then go over them and do a tight rough still in the computer, just, you know, flesh it all out. And then I would print it out on a full-size board and then light box that, tightly pencil it, and then ink parts of it. Finally, I'd scan it in and finish it on the computer. Now, I'm skipping the part where I print it out and do it on paper. I just do it all on the computer. And I'm like, uh, so you're telling me that I'll never own... A Howard Porter original page. 
in the style that he's doing it now. So sad, right? But uh, he finds value in it. Who am I to say? This issue contains uh, Right Way, Wrong Way by Jerry Ordway. Jerry discusses the art of the sketch cover. There's a profile of Jamal Igel. Yep. Comic Park Boot Camp and the Krusty Critic. I uh, I love Draw Magazine. You get uh, an, uh, a fly's eye view into the process of your favorite creators. And one of my current Uber favorites is Howard Porter. And this interview is long, man. It's crazy long. I'm, I'm tabbing through the pages. I'm on page 24 and it's still going on. Let's see how long this is. I should have prepared this beforehand, but it's me, right? 29 pages of Howard Porter dialogue. Nothing better, damn. in my opinion. He's great. Damn, damn, damn. He, I, I, well, yeah. The the current Howard Porter is unbelievably good. I, I would love to have been along on the journey to see him transform, but after the Grant Morrison Justice League, I kind of... You ain't alone. Way. That and, and Underworld Unleashed, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, I parted away with Mr. Porter, but now, like I said, oh, a lot of Darkhawk and Deathlock in here. I, I just, I don't know. I, there's something in his work now. It's unbelievably good. Incredibly good. Oh, Brett Blevins, too, is in here. So yeah, pick it up. Draw 32. If you get it through the Tomorrow's website, it's 395. Nice. Yeah. yeah it'll take you forever to read this, and sure. you'll learn something. Yeah, draws the good stuff. Very cool. Um, in your travels, we can now officially wish Vince a happy birthday. Yay! Happy birthday, Vince. It's good to be 40. Again. <laughs> um, we started counting backwards at 59, right? We did. So, no. Oh! <laughs> I get cause I love. Yeah. Um, in your travels, this is a new image title. I'm going to put my Jason hat on. I'm going to play the image part tonight. New image title, so it's not Southern Bastards. It's not Saga. It's not East of West. It is Kill or Be Killed. Written by Ed Brubaker. Art by Sean Phillips. Colors by Elizabeth Breitweiser. And I... It's not the fade out, Vince. It's it, It's... It's weird, man. I, I kind of think almost, I feel like that's the book they maybe should have ended their careers on. But this is, um, this is a little different. I'm not quite sure how I feel about Dylan, our main character, but, uh, we start off with, with a, um, a hooded individual shooting people and um and it's kind of topical because while he's walking through the hallway and and um and shooting people he he's he's thinking to himself that you know the world is shit right now we all know it you just got to look at the news for five minutes and it's obvious you got uh assholes going on a shooting rampage every day Terrorists blow up airports, cops kill innocent black kids, get away with it, psychopaths run for president. Um, huh. So, yeah, I think Brubaker's kind of <laughs> projecting a bit here, which is absolutely fine. Uh, but, um, yeah, so, so this, this hooded person 
while he's blowing people away left and right, he gets stopped by someone who starts um, beating on him. But our, well, I don't know if I can call him a hero, but he he does get the upper hand, beats the um, beats the guy to what appears to be death, and then we get a flashback to uh, to this young man whose name is Dylan, who um, who's on the bus it's New Year's Eve, and his his uh, his girl at the time Daisy. They were on the bus together, but these dudes were in the back seat, catcalling and everything. But Dylan tries to give him a hard look, and they're like, yeah, "Okay, what are you going to do?" So um, he doesn't uh, he doesn't do anything, doesn't act on anything. They walk off the bus together, and he's um, because he can't let it go. Um, she's like, "You know, you're just being an idiot. Don't don't think about it like that." But Dylan's got some issues, so he figures I'm a new um. I'm going to kill myself. But before he does that, we flash back to other times where he tried to commit suicide, whether it's pills. Um, and because he took pills, tried to kill himself that way, that kicked him out of college. And, and now he's a 28-year-old grad student, uh, has a roommate. The roommate is uh, is in a relationship with Dylan's best friend. And... Dylan kind of, um, Dylan and, and, uh, Kira were best friends, tell each other everything, but now Kira just shows up to, um, to hang out with, uh, with her boyfriend. They're not as close as they used to be, but she's fucking with, with Dylan's head a bit. So that's when Dylan decides to just end it all. But he gets caught up in some clotheslines. Fall six flights without killing himself. Um, so he figures I, I, it is a revelation. I, I, you know, I'm going to live my life anew. I'm going to, you know, the new man, and and I'm going to tell Kira how I feel and let the chips fall where they may. But then this is where it kind of goes a little not off the rails. But I, not sure if we're sure what is reality and uh and maybe if this is still just all in in dylan's head so i'm not going to spoil anything there but um <laughs> it's a good thing though what that we're not sure what's real right so it's it's yeah. you know it's entirely possible that this is all just all just in dylan's head which as as aware as dylan may be of the world around him um Obviously, there's some synapses misfiring. So, it's yeah. a uh, it it's it's a it's a pretty st- solid first issue. It's a good setup. We get to know pretty much what we need to know, um, and uh, I'm curious to see as it continues. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, just by going by the first couple pages, um, the whole reality warping thing has. Uh, Dylan's made up his mind about certain things, so we'll um, we'll see how that goes. I'm hoping it just uh, it shouldn't because I trust Brew Baker, and and there's there's no indication that it's going to go this way. I just I, I don't want any shades of like kick ass or anything like that. I just I, I so and I, and I don't um, because this is the the image preview. I don't know 
if there's any back matter. So I don't know. There is. Okay. So is, is this a limited series? Is this a, I mean, is it a finite series or does he, it's just going to run to whenever? Does he say? Uh, let's see. So it's, it says, it says number one in the inside front cover, yeah. but there's no indication in this thing how long it's going to, I mean, the fade out there was really I didn't, no, no I didn't know either until we got towards the end and in the back matter. He yeah. was like, oh, three more issues. And we're like, wait, what? So. Yeah. Yeah. But no, this was, I, I, uh, I didn't know. Daniel, what you read this? No, this came out this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm pissed I didn't see this. I think because, it came uh, out this week. Yeah, it came out, uh, yesterday, right? Yeah. Yesterday, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm gonna be buying this. I, yeah. I, I was a huge fan of the, uh, uh, the last one there. What was the one before? Fade Out. Fade out. Fade no, the one before yeah. that. Criminal? No. No, Fatal. Fatal. I love that book. I yeah. love that series. Yeah. Deeply. Well, and, uh, Fade like, Out is like, like David said, um, you don't know what's real in this, and this may be more, well, it's not maybe. This is more along the lines of Fatal than it is. Yeah, so the fa- the, the fade out. Uh, I'm gonna there, there are, yeah, there are things going on in the, the the second half of the issue where, yikes! I mean, yeah. oof. I I gotta say, there's one instance in this book that I could not stand, and that's not on either Phillips or Brubaker. It's on Breitweiser. Oh, really? Yeah. That, I don't like that, this now. That texture that she plugs into the dude's shirt. Oh, early on? You can't stand that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a Photoshop texture. It's it's a filter that's just plopped in. She didn't have to do Is that. It like the, She's uh, with, like some Doctor Strange plug in with the uh, on that first. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's like plaid. a fisheye. It's it's a it's a yeah, it's a plaid, and, yeah. but it she used the the fisheye thing where you know the plaid like motion goes over like a like a circular pattern gotcha. in the in yeah and it's just you don't have to do that you're you're Elizabeth Breitweiser yeah. you're great don't do that, don't do that. And, and see that's the thing any kind of when when it screams digital it drives me nuts and to use a, a phrase that David uses a lot it pulls me right out of the damn yeah, store yeah. i it just i cannot stand yeah. it so yeah i don't like digital all that much but whatever I mean, it, obviously her textures for the in the backgrounds are, are digital, but they don't scream digital. They just scream uh, texture. Yeah, it looks like a. Little, but oh, that thing on his shirt—that's just offensive to my eye. I don't like it. Yeah, it sticks out because with everything else going on, that that that's colored between the the shading in the T-shirt on the bottom panel and and on his arm even and the guy's face. But yeah, that that shirt kind of kind of sticks out. It's not as it's. It's similar to when Howard Shaken just uses the same pattern on a suit and there's no break from jacket to pants. It's all just that same one layer. Yeah. It's yeah. but I mean she tries to warp it to show motion, but yeah. Yeah, it's just nah, I don't like it. It's like when Bicello put the the fur on the friggin' teddy bear in Doctor Strange. Yeah, don't yeah. Need to stop. But yeah. She's great. Just not right there. And <laughs> that's all. Rebecca and Phillips. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to pick uh-huh. up anything those guys do. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. This is the violent book you you were expecting with Punisher. Nice. <laughs> this is, the opening passage in this book is really violent. I might go buy tomorrow and pick it up. Actually. Yeah. yeah it's it's nasty. Yeah. 
A lot of street scenes too. Nice. Which yeah. which Phillips does really well. Oh, he's spectacular. Yeah, he's great. All right. What's Daniel got? What's Daniel got? I was going to ask him. Uh, you know, well, here we go. So, you know, I haven't been a listener to you guys for years now. It's a bit surreal to be saying my in your travels. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to be able to say that. You play your cards right. You be here every week. Uh, we get I, I would love to be. I would love to be. You know it. You know it. So, uh, you know, to be able to say in your travels, it's hard. You know, I've, I've found out so many books from you guys and learned about so many things from you guys. And had, you know, this is worth saying because this is, you know, my chance to be on here with you guys and the community around it all. So having said that, I wanted to kind of pick something that I got from this whole little 11 o'clock universe, you know. Uh, So from the forum, uh, Mr. Pitzer had put up a thing a few months back, his uh, adhousebooks.com, his adhousebooks publishing company about this book called Talk Dirty to Me by Luke Howard. I don't know if you guys talked about this. No. Okay. Well, I picked it up on his word. And like I said, I wanted to take something that, you know, I kind of found, again, through you guys, like seems to be the case constantly. And uh, I, I love it. It's a great little book. I, I wasn't familiar with uh, Luke Howard at all. And... It's a nice little package. I see that Chris Pitzer helped design the package, and he's a great guy. Uh, and this book is well, it's in your travel, so I got to keep it short. But it's 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 sexy. I'll say that much. No, not really. Well, you yeah. Keep... <laughs> you know this girl, this woman, this woman, uh, Emma. She comes from St. Louis to the big city, and she's got her. Uh, I think it's her husband. I think they're like a young married couple, and he's got the job and they're moving into the new apartment. She's bored during the day and she needs to find a job. And she ends up getting a job being a, uh, like a, a sex phone operator, you know, like, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Like dudes call up and you know, she gets them off. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I, I bought this book not knowing anything about it. And when I started reading, I was like, okay, here we go. And it gets kind of sexy, and she starts off sort of being a little shy about it all. But then this, you know, this side of her comes out that's been sort of latent, and she's been sort of hiding, even from her husband a little bit. And she gets into this job. And it's all done in a very cartoon, cartoony style. Luke draws very simple. It kind of reminds me of a... Uh, I can't think of, um, you know, I'm terrible. I'm such a burnout with names. It's very cartoony, very simply drawn, two colors, blue and pink, which are two of my favorite colors. You guys oh, know that, nice. you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's more of a peach, but you know, it's got that feeling. And I'll leave it at that. You should definitely pick it up and read the rest of it because it, it's not uh, like pornography in any way, shape or form. It's, a, it's an emotional story about her feelings and how she deals with this other side of her coming out and it goes to a really interesting place i'll say that much and it's a great little book and you should pick it up that's my in your travels yeah i love it i love it it's a fast read but uh i got a kick out of it yeah i gotta find this thing there's some jokes in it and then there's some like you know like i said there's some little emotional beats in here that are sort of uh you feel them you definitely feel them they're they're 
it's it's a great book. Well, I'm gonna be looking for it. You know, I'm an asshat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because because I forgot. I do have a thank you. Oh. Yes. Uh, our buddy Stephen Wooter. The king. Sent me sent me something for my birthday. Aww. Yep. Um, it's Agent Thirteen, the complete trilogy, by Flint Dill and David Marconi. It includes The Invisible Empire, The Serpentine Assassin, and The Acolytes of Darkness. I had this thing on my Amazon wish list, and he was awesome and and got it for me for my birthday. That's amazing. Wooder is like the tops. I love him. Yeah, yeah. he's just he's just all heart. Completely unnecessary, but he did it anyway, and I thank him for that. It's um let's see. Wow, it's over 400 pages, all three um, novels. Get this, 1937, The Brotherhood, a secret society seeking world domination, plots a global war to rule all mankind. Only one man, once their most trusted agent, trained in their secret arts, now their most feared enemy, can stop them. He is Agent 13, a master of disguise, strategy, and all forms of combat. He and his secret team of operatives race to prevent the skull-faced, hand-sinister, leader of the Brotherhood, from manipulating the world's leaders into an all-out war. No one knows his true name, only that he lives up to his reputation as the Midnight Avenger. Badass. This is my kind of stuff. Nice. I will be talking about this book after I've read it once Jason comes back, and I will plague him with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you, Stephen. You didn't have to, but I'm glad you did. Thank you. So, anything else before we sign off? Oh, man. This is an extra long episode. What are we at, three? Uh, a little more. Yeah, a little more than three. Man, this is fun. This is a marathon you guys do. That's why we don't stop. It's just so much fun. Listen, how do you do two and a half hours, three hours? It just doesn't seem like three hours. The, it's the first so much hour fun. goes by in like ten minutes. Seriously. Yeah, for real. Yep. It's... it's this is this is the lifeblood. It's what we do. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Buddies. Yes. Oh, I see boobies on my timeline. What's going on with that? Really? I thought I thought Facebook didn't allow boobies. Kind of boobies. They're drawn boobies, oh, but they're well, still. That's fine. Oh, well, then so the yeah, all right. Because they... they're not boobies; they're just lines that look like boobies. Who do they belong to? Uh, Jurian Joel. He's a friend of mine, and he had drawn here. I think. How do you get the link from a Facebook post? You um the the drop down. No. Um. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The drop down in the upper right. More that little arrow up there, right? Yeah, and it says embed, and I can take that link and copy that and send it to y'all. On Skype, right? Nice. I'll just I'll just take off and if the that doesn't voting. Work. There we go. Let's see if that works. Try that. Well, there's the link. It's just got a bunch of crap after it. Oh yeah. Isn't that nice? That nice. Beebs. Damn it! I can't see it. I'm on my telephone. Oh well, I'll send it to you. I'll later. see boobs later. Good night. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> 
So, everybody, hey, thank you for being here with us once again. If you enjoyed any bit of this, and I can't see why you wouldn't, leave us a um, iTunes review. We appreciate it greatly, or a review at any other uh, podcast aggregator. And uh, as usual, we'll be back here next week waiting for you, as we love you so much, especially David. As always, say goodnight. David. Good night. He's not going to get this one. He's so good, though. David. Ah. That's it. He nailed it. Damn it. You time it. <laughs> no. I don't know. You, you, you're privy to this. No, we don't. We don't. I, I know. It's, it's uncanny how no, he does he it. Doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't fuck amazing. with the editing. No. I don't do editing anymore. Yeah. The people accept us as we are. I'm just going to leave it at that and thank them for uh, their leniency because I don't I don't do any editing. I used to. No, not anymore. F that. F that. Hell yeah. You guys I mean, rule. Nah. We're underlings. Yeah. But, but we're happy underlings. It's okay. So, yeah, that's what we do. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodnight. Later. Later, guys. Thank you. Bye. He's out. Anytime. Thanks for hanging out with us, Daniel. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Hey, I'm going to be at your house uh, next weekend. <laughs> We're going to do some more shrimp and zucchini. You got to tell Renee I said hello. Of course. Oh, and while you're at it, do yourself a favor. If you love great art, follow this man on Facebook, Daniel White. Get on there and follow him because he is prolific AF. Every day there's stuff on his timeline. Oh. I love it. I love your stuff. Lately, it's just steam food and no cigarette talk, but it's coming. It's coming coming back. It's coming back. So what? Yeah. But, hey, they can scroll back and look at your old. So it's all there. Constant, man. Come on by. You're an an inspiration. Likewise. Likewise. Do your thing, David. Say buddy. Peace. There you go. Peace.